From the Dice Abide Live studios, it's Late Night War Games with your hosts, Adam and John. Hey, we're back. Thank you, Jay, and good evening, everyone. I'm Adam, but you know me as the Dice Abide. And I'm John, also known as Wise Kensai. Welcome to our anime beach episode. Whoop, whoop. So it's actually just so showing off the sweet Rose City Raid tank top. <laughs> it's got to, just have to even out the TM before the event, you know? There you go. Yep. Sun's out, guns out. Pow, pow, pow. <laughs> oh, man. John, what are you drinking tonight? I am enjoying some cheap sake. Uh, so I actually went sake tasting the other day, and I asked the gentleman behind the counter what sake he would recommend for hot sake. And he was like, well, hot sake is usually trash because it's hot to hide the bitterness. And if you want like the true sake experience, it needs to be chilled. And uh, I was like, okay, so what would you recommend from here? And he's like, I don't know. That one's cheap. <laughs> so that's what I'm <laughs> Was this over at Sake One? Yes, it was. Oh man, Forest Grove, great sake. Yeah, we had some delicious was... sake, but I was like, I really like hot sake. I want that all the time because it's I like hot alcohol. I don't know, I'm weird, and yeah. uh, so I have it uh, ready to go. I was a uh, subscriber of theirs for for quite a while. There you go. And I definitely took my my chance to convince my father-in-law it was sake one. Oh, <laughs> nice well done well done sir it's it's good no i like i said had a subscription great anyways uh cheers cheers oh wait i should say what i'm having yeah you should say what you have what you have like as i'm holding it up in front of my face like right i didn't mention you i am having a soul picnic west coast hazy ipa Ooh, very summery from from Crux, which is over in Bend. I've been there a few times. I like it's them a lot. Good. They're really yeah, good. Yeah, Crux is really good. So that I just kind of enjoyed the, the, the can. I'm a sucker for a good can. So on that note, cheers. Nastrovia, Drugan. Kanpai. Oh, goodness. That's actually really nice. Mm. It's not very, it's not very bitter. It's kind of floral with some like dried berry in there, maybe tangerine. I like it. Very I like nice. it. So John, lay us lay some news on us. All right, let's do it. So, new month. Um we are now doing limited insertion in Bromant Academy. So this is thanks to Clint who came up with the idea of why don't we start with armor and then move into limited insertion because they kind of go hand in hand a little bit, right? High, high armor things generally are more expensive. Um, as you probably know, if you watch this show, uh, you can spend a command token to dock your opponent to orders um, from a command pool of your choice or a combat group of your choice. Uh, you can do that to limited insertion groups now. So... You might yep. say, well, why would I want to start with eight orders in my combat group? Well, you don't always have to. There's lots of ways to get extra orders in there. Tactical awareness, NCO, things like that. Impetuous orders, um, order efficiency with links, uh, order efficiency with AD or infiltration. So there are ways to play around it. What are the benefits of limited insertion? You get to take all of the cool toys. Um, and they all go on one combat group, so you don't have to think about shuffling things back and forth. You can spend all those command tokens doing coordinated orders and so on. So try out all of the biggest, coolest toys in your faction and let us know how it went. Um, we will 
send you a blister if you are chosen by Wheel of Names or Roman Academy patch, your choice. Um, to go along with this, right, we've got our painting competition, which is due uh, at the end of the quarter, right? So that's, I believe, September. That sounds right. Yeah, sure. sure. Seems good. End of September. Uh, if that's not true, somebody smarter than me will let me know. Um, but conversions, that's the thing. It doesn't have to be like an Obadiah level conversion. I mean, he's the best for a reason, right? You don't need to attain that. But the, the basic <laughs> um, gut check to see if, quote unquote, it's enough is if a person reasonably familiar with the original miniature will look at your conversion and be like, oh, you did something, right? It doesn't have to, it could be an arm swap, a gun swap, a head swap. Right, it doesn't have to be like I sculpted the entire model all over again, and I did that just like I liked the armature, and I just filed down all the bits, and now I resculpted the whole model from scratch. You don't have to do that. Just uh, any any old thing will do. Like if I can do it, it counts, right? So here <laughs> here's an example of uh, this reason why I chose these these four models that I uh, that are mine um, because it's literally just four arm swaps, right? So in some cases, I replaced both arms. In some cases, I replaced one. But this is the, the bar you're trying to achieve with the conversion. We'll be judging on both conversion um, and also uh, painting, mostly on painting, because that's what this is about. But you get bonus points if you do something super sweet. That's, that's, the, that's the thing. Let's see what else. Um, Changing changing the bot does count as a conversion uh, for for if you if you're, if you're doing the alpha from O12 so if you want to swap the bot out for something else that counts. Um, okay, so uh, in terms of missions for heavy gear, we've got the second mission for lumbering sprocket and basically it's just more uh, HGBTS testing. So we got coup d'état, supply raid, and total annihilation. Uh, those of you who are both Infinity and Heavy Gear players will recognize these as decapitation, supplies, and annihilation. So that's basically <laughs> it. If you're just a Heavy Gear player, uh, think about playing Infinity 2. Um, but uh, basically, coup d'etat is about killing combat group leaders. Supply rate is about stealing stuff in the middle. And total annihilation is about murder and staying alive. So pretty straightforward. Please let us know how... Um, how your missions went. Uh, we've got a whole submission plan for you and all that. Uh, also, um, I wanted to say that if you want to play at 100 TV, that's totally fine. Uh, we were originally hoping that people would play at 150, but then we sort of got some feedback that that may be a little high in terms of points counts uh, and time, right? So 150 is a little bit longish for tournament right now for the state of most metas in the world because uh, we're all coming out of COVID and all that. So yeah. smaller points count yeah. might be better. And then as you grow into the game, you can think about ratcheting up uh, the the points value for your tournaments. So yeah. I think they're I think balanced. An interesting, yeah, I would say I think there's an interesting meta shift that happens at 100 points when you have to take the three objectives as well as the the uh, the standard objective you're playing against. You end up building. Yeah. I think it kind of forces an even more balanced list mm -hmm. than you normally could. Because like at 100, it's really easy to get skewy. You can be like, here's my my triple Ulan list. Whoa, yeah. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> and um. Funnily enough, so that well. works for both Infinity and Heavy Gear. Right. Yeah. Exactly. That doesn't uh, that doesn't work so well when you suddenly have a bunch of objectives you need to accomplish. Right. Yes. Very true. Right. So just a reminder to those of you listening, um, specifically what Adam's talking about is even if at 150 points, you need to select three secondary objectives. Right. So those of you who are taking one combat group and one com combat group only at 100 points, think about taking two so you can take uh, enough objectives. Right. And it uh, looks like Londart Alpha is working on uh, their coup d'etat right up now. Awesome. Can't yeah, wait to read excellent. it. Um, I'm looking forward to that. 
I literally just published this. Uh, Than wrote it up. <laughs> I did some changes. Uh, you can go find this on Lumbering Sprocket. It's a discussion of area of effect weapons. Um, we've had it blessed by the rules committee, so I think everything is in there is right, but we may have missed something. So if you find anything, let us know. Um, but this is the way it's intended to be, um, and we'll we'll sort of go with it as it is. Um, yeah. I like that you picked a Sagittarius. I, I intentionally did. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I, just like I scrolled through everywhere. all the arts, and I was like, oh, this is the correct one because yep. it's got explodey things. <laughs> it it yeah, it's like three pie plates a turn. It just blah everything. <laughs> right. Blah explosions. Um but yeah, now after reading the article, you know how those pie plates work. Ooh, there we go. So we have some infinity news. We do. So Crimson Stone is uh has been announced. This is the week that they're giving us all the details. They started off by showing us the minis and uh, looks like I'm doing Ariadna. <laughs> Whoops. Welcome, welcome, welcome to... Welcome back. <laughs> yeah, welcome back, right? Exactly. I mean, it's, if... it's a pretty cool-looking set. I mean, I think the, the next picture we can start to check out the models, but, you know, much like the, the last Code 1 set, it's two sides, seven models each. Mm -hmm. In this case, one model that can be used by either. Mm. But... Um, yeah, man. So there's Ariadna stuff. What? So there's three Rokots. Yep. One rifle, one shotgun, one SMG. Mm -hmm. Looks like, yep. We've got a, a SAS boarding shotgun, Paracommando boarding shotgun. That's the, was it the Zenit? Yep, sniper. I believe so. Yep. And the the Vocalock APHMG big bruiser in the front. Probably the one that people most people are going to take. Although the missile launcher is pretty decent too, I hear. Um, sure, but I mean, uh, I mean, you can't go wrong with a two wound wild card APHMG. You really can't. I mean, just <laughs> just look at Shang Jesus, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, the hats the hats really sell the Rokats for me. I mean, I was kind of I'm kind of meh on pretty much all of the Ariadna line infantry, with the exception of Metros because they have dope coats and Rokats because they have <laughs> dope hats. So, if you want me to play. Ariadna line infantry, give them some sort of distinguishing feature, and then I might put them on the table. There you go. And man, I love the the sassy sass back there. Oh she yeah, yeah. But she's awesome looking. Yeah, she'll look really good next to the other sass. Yeah, yeah. I, I am again pretty bummed that the sass lost their sniper rifle profile, but that's that's just me. And no, no love for Grents. I hate I hate I facing them. Grunts. I hate facing them. They're they're fun to play, but yeah, they're they're fun. They're I don't consider them line infantry. I consider them infiltrators because I only look at one profile. Right. <laughs> because <laughs> I don't play U.S. Ariadne. I only play I only play vanilla. So. So something I noticed about I think both of these boxes actually have more female sculpts than male sculpts. Hmm. Well, yeah. Let's go take a look at. So we've got. Uh, Two of the Rokots are ladies. The Sass is a lady. The Zenit is a lady, right? So that's four? Four out of seven? Yep. Okay. And then so on the Nomad side, right? We've got quite well, a few. Oh, no. It's it's, uh, it's three on the Nomad side. Gotcha, gotcha. Right? Because you've got the, the one Augusil, the mm -hmm. Hellcat, and the uh, Sombra. Sure. Which I, like these sculpts, um, I'm not doing. I'm not going to do Kregador. I've said it. I'm firmly not doing it. I'm very happy with Bakunin. Okay. But these sculpts are kind of what I wanted Nomads to look like when I first started the game. Mm -hmm. So like you're going to give me the Nomad side then? Is that what you're saying? 
I mean, do you want a second half of the Nomad side? There are other profiles that need to be built. <laughs> so, yes. Done. Excellent. Um, so, yeah, no, the, the Hellcat is with the tactical Peloton is really cool. <laughs> the tactical Peloton. Sure. Yep. The, the, uh, <laughs> uh was it the Earthbender, uh, Sombra is also really freaking rad. I really, what it is for me is all of them are like really channeling that, uh, Machine 5060, which I don't know if, if you guys have seen that. If you haven't Google Machine 50 slash 60, it's, it's not like, it's nothing bad, but it's really cool, like cyberpunk fashion art. I mean, they, don't, a lot they of those... don't have to Google it. Give me one second. I'll oh, yeah. pull it up. Well, the people on the podcast do. Well, fine. When you stop driving, you can look up machine56.com. So, especially the helmets that they design, a lot of the, I think the helmet from the Sombra is like, is almost an exact copy of one of the helmets that I've seen on their website. So that's actually like a, a face mask cover you're looking at there oh yeah uh where's the helmet is oh here's one there we go yeah so there's one of the helmets it even has they do a lot of triangle motifs on here and the sombra helmet also has a triangle motif on it Mm -hmm. but yeah so the 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 corregidor really for me is kind of hitting that that vibe and i like it a lot oh it's really rad i'm excited and i uh, I did not build all of my Ice Storm Aguaseals. I did. I, I gave them the heavy weapons just to make them different. Um, mm-hmm. And so I I have the old N2 Aguaseals, which are very dated now, and I'm feeling it. So I'm I will actually probably use these as combi rifle toting Aguaseals and do some more conversion work with them. So yeah, I also appreciate that the the Aguaseal designs aren't like knockoffs of some sort of Disney property. Mm. Um, like, but they all just look, they all look great. Yep. They really do. A little personalization of the weapon in the, in the, the paint jobs that they did for all of them mm-hmm. kind of gives that a little more character. That was one of the problems I, I often ran into and probably why I gravitated more towards Bakunin than the, the, uh, the other nomad armies, but like the, it felt too uniform and like nomads to me don't really scream, um, you know, uniformity in their presentation. So at least putting that personalization in in their uh, paint jobs to the models. Yep. It's really good. Yep. Yeah. I can't say I like the tactical gubbins, but I have got a jeweler saw, so I am unconcerned. I will figure something out. Figure something out. It'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, We've also got Mozart, who, again, very disappointed, not in the sculpt quality, but the fact that it's not Wolfgang Amadeus, Mozart from Amadeus. But, you know, it's fine. Great sculpt. So, great at first, profile. I didn't like the sculpt. Okay, but it's grown on you. Is that what you're telling me? It, it is grown on me because to me, it is. He looks like an anime trope character, some wild man who's going to rip your limbs off, which is this is an anime trope game, and he is a wild man who rips your arms off in the game. So, it works. Sure, sure. I'll let it go. It's fine. It's fine. It's it's. I will use it. I'm just I'm just disappointed. That's I'm all. I'm also looking forward to the general release of it. Hmm. Sure. Yeah, that might be. Could be a better, better a better design, and then also the um, 
uh, it's an opportunity for, you know, to get Obadiah to sculpt something hilarious. Very true. Very true. <laughs> and I don't think any other Infinity model has this much blood on it. I mean, his no, Paris CCW, no. a.k.a. his right fist, is covered in blood. So clearly, <laughs> yeah. just he just clearly used it, right? So it's a one-two punch. Freeze him, right? And then stab him. I do like the idea that his Paris CC weapon, the, the one that just knocks you out, is his, his unarmored fist. Yeah. And then his the, the DACC weapon is his other hand. Of course. What what else would it be? But honestly, so one interesting thing here is the blood really actually makes it stand out in yeah. contrast to other miniatures uh, in the studio army. Like he looks more violent mm-hmm. because he is covered in blood. Yeah, like that's that's it's very rare. It's not like GW where like I play corn berserkers. They literally paint themselves in blood. Yeah, yeah, right. Just just dip them in red wash, call them good. Yeah. Yeah, no, rad model. Looking Indeed. forward to having one. I kind of want multiple because I have multiple armies that can use them and my bases are different. <sighs> Problems. This one's going to be fun. I'm excited the for Dragon the Dragon Lady. Lady. Yeah, just have another HVT for unmasking. Um, I hope they release a third Dragon Lady so you can have like a Dragon right. Lady for all the unmasking HVTs. Yeah, I, I like the sculpt, and usually I order a bunch of the limited edition miniatures, but since it doesn't have an in-game profile... It I, does. I just, I, I, just, I just told you it does. It's an HVT. Yes, it's a, but if we're unmasking, it doesn't need a target. It has, it has like, profiles go. and stuff. Um, no, but really rad design. Yeah. Uh, I like that, that she's holding the pig. <laughs> the, the weird pig guys. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. So yeah, umbrella, lantern. I don't know. Fan, fan seems too, too like on the nose. Maybe something totally random, like a golf club <laughs> covered in club blood or something. There you go. But yeah, I think that's it. We've that's it for Infinity News. Great. What do we have? I forgot what we had. Linux. Oh, well, actually, really quickly oh, sorry. before no, we we have uh, we have the uh, diaphos. Forgot about the diaphos. Yep. Oh. I was like, wait. Um. And yeah, so now we see the high-res these. Jazz and Billy look great. I'm looking forward to the rest of the Dire Foes, which I'm assuming are going to have the general releases of other miniatures from Defiance. Sure. I really, I kind of like this Jazz and Billy more than the Defiance sculpt. I mean, she definitely looks like she's carrying all the kit that she has in this, mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. this rendition of her. Um, Billy is, I mean fine in both this i don't really have a strong preference uh i am i am feeling like she's fronting a little with that uh bandit ccw that she's got or you know that's supposed to be a dacw but it's really para for her and she's not exactly great in close combat <laughs> so she's like no right, i got like, this i i don't i think it's a more inspired pose like she's one-handing the uh what was it the combi pitcher mm. the other hand's going for the cc weapon she's not like the, you know S- my complaint SMG. with the or smg yeah uh, you know the, like the defiance one is doing Hacker hands, you know, and sure. how many of those models do I need? Really? Sure. I mean, so it's, I really it's appreciate. Fine. Yeah, and something about the maybe the the face is a little bit different, where she's a little bit more baby face than the Defiant sculpt. It could be an execution job of the paint scheme. I don't think she has the face. She has the cheek things. Does she do? Okay. Yeah. But I think the real reason you get this is the HVT. Of of all the models in this pack, the HVT is the best. <laughs> Which is... She's fine. Yeah. Which is totally fine. Um, but 
quick quick shameless plug yeah. uh, all of these are now available over at mythic games for a discount on top of the discount mm. so if you want all the toys that's not a bad place to go check it out fair enough so excellent what do we got what do we got next what's lined up oh that's right here we go so some of the maker community news avatars of war has shown off or just released their four uh legendary goblin heroes on wolves that's which so are cool just such rad models i would definitely consider using these as like squig hoppers in uh mm-hmm. in uh, Warcry. Yeah, fantastic goblins. Again, they, they they look a lot like old uh, GW sculpts because the guy was an old GW sculptor. So, Makes sense. There we have it. And then next we have, there we go. So Punga has released the second half of their Moonshine Grots, or Moonshine uh, Snotlings. Mm-hmm. And just a really characterful team. I love that their, their turn marker is the the jug with the triple X on it. Mm-hmm. And the funnel hat guy is pretty red. Yep. The funnel like hat guy, guy is good. The one with the banjo. Yep. Also excellent. It's fantastic. Yeah. So it's the second sculpt of the frog rider, which is mm-hmm. the, the fungus hopper or whatever it is. And then a second one of the throwers and then a second one of the stilt guys. And then the troll has an alternate head. And it's based off of like the GW River Troll style, so it kind of still fits the the swampy moon mm-hmm. moonshiny mm-hmm. look of it all. Makes sense. Oh, and, yeah, and one of the balls is an inflated frog, which is also a plus. Yes. So that's I think one of the the more fun parts about Blood Bowl is like the the sculpts for all the footballs. Well, there's rules for all of them too, if you really want yeah. to get into it. Yeah. Like the the snotling in a ball that runs towards the enemy or towards your uh, end zone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Or the exploding ball that the goblins can get. You can get a, def- um, the deflated ball is pretty good. A lot of people have made uh, Patriots references out of that ball specifically. Right, right. So. And then was didn't you like run a tournament one year that had a chainsaw as a ball? Yeah, yeah, that was a lot of fun. So you, yeah, you you have a chainsaw as a ball. So anybody carrying the ball had a chainsaw. If you fumbled the ball, you were hit by the chainsaw. If you failed to catch a ball, you were hit by a chainsaw. So it was just like nobody wanted to to touch the ball, but you needed to run the ball to score points. Right. It was pretty amusing. And it also made the ball carrier a lot more of a difficult thing to uh, deal with because they've got a freaking chainsaw. Yep. Yeah, chainsaw ball is the best way to play. <laughs> okay, fair <laughs> enough. Yeah, that's it for news. Yeah, not a ton this week, but I mean, the big thing, of course, is that Crimson Stone, mm-hmm. which we're all getting. Yes, I mean, it's happening. <laughs> Not even a question. I'm getting one and a half, apparently. That's right. Unless I have to fight Clint for that point five. All right, well. It's happy time! I've been bu- busy doing a couple of things. So I spray painted all of my um, all of my Eastworld terrain, minus the river I need to finish mm. in the woods, but all the buildings. Uh, got them all sprayed and then started teaching Gene how to dry brush. So we've been getting Gene dry brushing the thatched roofs of all these and the table's coming together really quick. That's I'm really great. happy with, thank you. Yeah. I'm really happy with this. Um, the, 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 the objective room, which I think I have a close up of is definitely like what ties the whole thing to this West world, East world mm-hmm. kind of feel. So I've made it kind of like a, a medical station <clears throat> and so we've got like the, 
the medical bed in the corner with the with the sink and like some sort of gizmos, computers in the corners, big vat in the middle to block line of sight through it. Some uh, and then of course you know some some weapons and bookshelves as needed. But the so the outside I actually built this objective room inside out mm. so they would have all of the sci-fi bits inside, and then all of the bare outside walls. I used balsa wood and uh, coffee stirs and popsicle sticks to turn to match the rest of the uh, old Japanese style buildings of the outside. Are you going to put a roof on it? No. Okay. Not going to deal with it. Fair <laughs> enough. I I thought about it. I was like, it no, does I look to... kind of jarring, but I guess that's sort of fine. It's an objective room. Yeah. I might. I mean, I might eventually build a roof for it. It's a, just a colossal pain in the ass <laughs> to sure. build an, an eight inch across yeah roof yeah true this massive a-frame but in the meantime it, it serves the feel that i wanted really well and not all missions have objectives room so it's fine yeah exactly and i can pull it off for those missions yep well very cool what else you've been yeah. working on okay so this is military orders night so i've got to show off the military orders military orders i've been painting this is uh this is such a fun model to, to paint the the new uh, was it holy sepulcher equestrian something mm-hmm. something holy equestrian sepulcher order yeah holy sepulcher night and yeah killer killer model to, to work on it's big it has nice big flat areas to do you know to do extra work on um yeah sir chunk uh sir <laughs> chunk yes exactly knights of the I holy Se- equestrian order of the knights of the holy sepulcher there we go thank you so yeah, the Knight of Equestria is clearly what it should be. The Knight of Equestria. It needs the cutie mark. I'll put a cutie mark on it. Um, Done. But <laughs> so a couple a couple things I was doing here. One of which is I I'm experimenting with dry brushing, which is a funny thing to say because it's like something we all start with. But I've been I I have upgraded my dry brushes to makeup brushes, mm. and it creates a much smoother effect. So now for like dealing with all of the um with all of the detail on the gun right there's lots of little bits on the gun i did a couple layers of dry brushing over that with a makeup brush it looks totally smooth mm. as far as the blend goes and it was done in much much less time very nice did so you freehand all the all the stuff on the cloak so on the cloak yeah the cloak is all freehand mm-hmm. and i want i did it so that the uh, the front, you can kind of see it a little bit, I guess, in the upper right-hand picture. Oops. Sorry. Changed pictures. But the the cloak design in the bottom left actually folds behind one of his legs, so I had to carry it out to the other side. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, very happy with that sculpt. And the, the we, decal, are those decals? Or are those, you... uh, the, shoulders, the shoulders are decals. Got yeah, it. those are, um, I think, Antonisides. Oh right, yeah, decals. they have those decal decal sets, I think. Yeah, exactly. So I didn't, I was not going to freehand the uh, the military orders symbol of the five orders. Like, nope. <laughs> but <laughs> I I could do a great big uh, cross on the back to to match the the crosses of the uh, Holy Sepulcher symbol. Sure. On the back of the tabard, and then for the basing, this this is like my new my new cheat recipe. On that basing so the basing is just like the the gw uh base paints right mm-hmm. the 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 texture paints mm-hmm. 
a little bit of dry brushing, a little bit of um, weathering pigment, just so I can blend the feet into it to make it look like you're stomping around. Yep, and then yep. all of the green is just this uh, this blend from Miner or Scenic Express. Okay. And they just sell like like a bag of a blend of flock. And it's oh, all very it's just like all mushed together and you shake it up. Yeah, and so it's got it. like little sticks, little bits of foam, little bits of flock, like just a, a little bits of static grass in there. Um, it creates like a really natural, uh, I guess, variation in the colors and textures. Mm. And so I just glue that to the top of the base and instant. Off you go. Yeah. Instant Done. really decent swamp or jungle bases. Very nice. So recommend dry brushing with the with the makeup brush. I just got the cheapest ones they had at Target and they work amazing and they're super easy to clean. So recommend that and then the the Scenic Express pre-blended. If you get the Eco Pack, it's like the size of a big coffee bag mm. for like 10 bucks. Really good deal. And then I've been working on the rest or sorry, yeah, I've been working on um my uh Utopia mm -hmm. for heavy gear. And I kind of went a little bit over the top, adding a ton of detail to this guy. But I wanted to have one duelist of each uh, type of the three armagers they get. Mm. And so this is the the Riki, the Recon. Mm -hmm. And for for to give people a little bit of context, this guy is like barely, barely S2 to the top of that missile launcher. He's a, a tiny little guy. But I used a bunch of the Koto Biusha accessory sprues to mm. change up the change up the rocket designs to have those, you know, the cool little circle to slash through it, flaps, added the vent on the back of the rocket launcher, threw a couple extra or changed up the armor plates on the hip, added a new armor plate to the back, added those um those jump jets to the back oh, of sure. the right. torso. And mm -hmm. then I, you know, the the new sculpts or the new models are really posable, as you know from all the experimenting you've been doing. Right. So I was able to get this guy into a full blown running pose, and on the bottom of the feet, I added even smaller little bits from one of those sprues to give him all the little jump jets at the bottom of his feet, because so, they're they're wall cover. So those, a lot those of fun. come in the sprues. Wow, that's intense. Yeah, and they're one millimeter. Gotcha. <laughs> Actually, those might be 0 0.8. They go from like 0 0.6 to, to 3 millimeters on the screen. Because sprue. why not? Yeah. And like they're not made for anything in particular other than like adding little tiny bits to Gundam. Yeah. So find their smallest scale sprues and it works perfect for adding accessories to, to 28 millimeter scale minis. Excellent. And then while I've been at it, I've also been whipping up just a ton of the uh, N, the Enkidu drones. And this is what it looks like when you have two of the army packs worth of the drones. That is that is 48 drones. You cannot fit uh, you cannot fit that many in in a reasonable list at all. Um, you, you can make like a, a 150 point list. You can squeeze in 24. Yeah, so, that's a lot of wounds to chew through, though. Yeah, I've definitely been thinking about doing that to you next time we play. Great. Awesome. Yeah, take some A, take some split weapons. Yeah, right. Uh, split weapons aren't going to do it for you. You need to take, take a million uh, uh, linked rocket pods. That's the right. That's the way to do but it. Like in in infinity terms, this is like six hundred points of those little guys. Yeah, it is just a ton of them. So, 
<laughs> it's poss- possibly an excessive amount. Nothing but calorie sentinels. Just a million. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, you get Ugh. 24 of them in the army pack. Yep. And I wanted and I wanted a couple more of the support ones and a couple more of the other ones. And then I wanted a couple more armagers to build more variants. And it's like, well, I might as well just buy a second support pack, which means I just have a mountain of drones. It's fine. So you mean a starter pack, right? Sorry, second starter pack. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Makes which, sense. Yeah. Makes sense. Mountain of drones. It could happen to anyone. Especially if you play Utopia. Yeah, exactly. So what have you been up to? Not a whole lot. Um, Been pretty busy. I did manage to uh, put some more base coding on my my Moran proxy. Yep. Um, So just some base coding on her. Uh, She's she's not holding a gun, so she can serve as either the boarding shotgun or the combi profile. And I have, and actually kind of like, you know, I've been stockholmed into liking the other two. The originals, the OG Morans, um, sexy Flanders himself, and all that. So uh, she serves You're as the back? other, the other one. Well, I mean, I, I, I'm mostly I've I've painted sexy Flanders, um, and then I've got uh, the boarding shotgun guy with the cape, and he's he's on my painting table too. He's like mostly base coated. Um, so if I choose to go both boarding shotgun, I can use her and the cape guy. If I use both combi, I use her and the combi guy. So it all works out. So that's what I've been working on. I'll eventually, I'll eventually uh, finish her up and do all the washing and highlighting and lining and all that stuff. Uh, but that's where she is right now. I had not much else to show for for this week, though. Well, it's an important model to get on the table anyways. Yes, it is. And you'll actually see it because uh, you generally want the repeater version. Yeah. Yep. So did you... Uh, oh, actually, hold on a second. Yeah. But the thing. I like to do games... That's what I like to do. I didn't play any games. I played two. It's <laughs> uh, a busy weekend. Tell I, us about your games. Yeah, real quick. Uh, they're not available yet because I have been too busy to finish the battle reports. I'm still halfway through the photo editing for some of them. Uh, but I played a heavier game versus Than, which you read about. Uh, I, we originally intended to do the second Lumbering Sprocket mission pick from either Coup d'etat, um, Supply cash or whatever it's called and then um total annihilation uh and uh we ended up playing his new scenario called eye of the storm which was actually a huge amount of fun uh i'll I'll briefly explain the rules so you kind of get a feel for it we played 150 points on a four by four table which is already incorrect right you're supposed to play 150 points on a six by four table so we were already cramped okay so that's the first problem the second problem not really a problem but the like thing of note, I guess I should say. The second thing of note is that the deployment for um, for Eye of the Storm is bonkers. So you divide the table into four quadrants, and then you roll. Uh, when when you when you start deploying a comic group, you roll and randomly select a quadrant to end up in. So that could mean you land right next to your opponent. And the oh. only rule is you can't be within six inches of them. So it gets to be real cramped real fast. There's a lot of uh, extremely bloody first turns um, and just like a huge shootout. And then, uh, and then you sort of left to pick up the pieces. So the way you score objectives are of course, the six points that you get uh, from your secondary objectives, which are often quite hard to do because all your stuff's dead real fast. Um, And the other four points you get from the mission are, there are uh, scannable objectives in the middle of each quadrant for the first two turns. Uh, and your objective is to scan more of them 
to figure out where mm-hmm. you are. The idea is that like you you two armies meet in the middle of a crazy Terra Nova storm, and uh, and they get lost and they end up intermixing right spatially. And then the smoke the the smoke starts to clear right. The the clouds the dust storm clears or whatever. Uh, and they're like, oh crap, there's stuff right next to me. Quickly, let's let's use our sensors to figure out where we are. So if you scan more of those things, the first turns you get a point, and then you oh. want to dominate the quarter the uh, the, um, the quadrants for the second uh, two turns. So turns three and four. And if you dominate more, and this is by points, not by model count. Um, mm-hmm. So the stuff, like the big heavy stuff that survives until the end, is super important uh, and that, that's the point if you have more quadrants at the end of turn three and four so it ends up being super bloody uh lots of crazy stuff break the line is really strong because you could start in effectively the 12 inch gap right uh yeah, on, on your opponent's table brutal. side yeah it's it's it was really interesting uh and it definitely forced us to be very careful about um order of activation uh buffing other troops um melee mm-hmm. was a huge deal I think Fan knew that because he brought a bunch of Brawl 4 stuff. Oh, geez. I did not. <laughs> I wasn't thinking about it too heavily. Uh, but I'm glad I spammed three Morgana Flail squads and they killed a ton of stuff, including a, um, an Ammon, uh, by shooting it repeatedly in the butt with light Panzerfausts. <laughs> I was like, well, I could do a max of two damage to this Armor 11 thing, so I just kept on firing and eventually died. Um, yeah. What was the source of all these Panzerfausts? Uh, Morgana flails can be upgraded with Panzerfaust oh. for one point. Well, there you go. So for eight That's... points, you get a thing with a, a uh, damage seven AP one vibroblade or a damage seven AP two Panzerfaust, which is kind of an overlap. You think about That's, it, right? Yeah. But when you're shooting at an armor eleven thing, you really want that AP two. Yeah, yeah. I think that's that's when you really start to notice, like, oh, AP is actually very relevant. Yeah, on my little, you know, my little damage seven guns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when when I rolled a margin of success five with the vibroblade, and uh-huh. did one point of damage, which was the same as the AP value, I was like, huh. Well, that was <laughs> that was sad, but all right, sure. You're like, why didn't I take a spike gun? I know. So I oh man, if we could upgrade Morganis to spike guns, I'm all for that. Um, let's see. The other game I played, so yeah, that'll be up on uh, MercuryCon.net slash Lumbering Sprocket probably in the next couple of days once I get around to it. Uh, the other game I played was I played a game of Merovingia versus um, Invincible Army in Mindwipe, which was James's first game back to N4 in quite a while. He played some he played oh, some right. TTS a while at the beginning. Um, yeah, I I uh, I did not deploy super well, um, and then my dice made it way worse. <laughs> it's like roll on roll a mall talk attack and miss with everything. Not like James rolled better than me and beat my face to face roll. No, I just missed with four shots. Just straight up. So things like that happen a lot, which was a huge bummer. Um and he like seemed to pass all his arm saves, but then I passed all of my mind wipe um console saves or server saves, so it was mostly okay. Uh, and then uh, the last turn of the game, I rocketed a Metro from one corner of the board to the other and, like, killed a bunch of stuff with a Metro. Uh, I killed, uh, I killed like a, a Haidao, a Zanshi, and a Flashball Spot, just, like, rolling through with my BS-10 rifle. I was and... like, weren't you, weren't you the one telling me, like, how is Merovingia supposed to do with a Zensha? And the answer is a Metro. Well, I mean, but you can you can only it's it's so hard though <laughs> it's so hard because if you're rolling on sevens with that with that metro right it's just oh, it's just less sad. Rough. 
Um, but yeah, nice so I, I managed to get to the to the, his server, plant the decharge, and he passed enough saves to make it uh, make it a, a win for him instead of a tie. But uh, it was a, it was a really fun game. I enjoyed it immensely. Um, I definitely have a lot of thoughts about how to change up my Merovingian play. I might focus on them for a little while, switching away from Corregidor for a little bit, just to give them the proper the proper attention they deserve in N4. Uh, I played them a bunch in N3, but I never really felt like I it clicked. Right? It's just like, oh, this person was not expecting Margot slash Duroc. <laughs> well, <Right. laughs> okay. I mean, how much data did we get from that? How much learning did we get from that? Well, a dog warrior showing up anywhere you're in your deployment zone is bad. It's bad news. Yeah, if you weren't ready for it, it's super bad. So uh, not a whole lot of exploration, just a lot of like, sorry, so sorry. Chain rifle, <laughs> chain rifle these guys? So sorry. <laughs> to be honest, that might be like what you're the same results in N4 as well. Like, well, oh, people are expecting, they're expecting them now. I mean, I, and I also made a point of explaining to him. I was like, Hey, so I know you haven't played in a couple of months. Um, you remember dog warriors. I have one that can show up in your deployment zone, like Van Zandt. And he was like, Oh, I will pay attention to that. Um, but <laughs> I, I managed to Lieutenant snipe with, uh, with, um, uh, Duroc at the bottom of two. So that felt pretty good. Not bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Merovingian, like I said, you know, like you were like you were starting to actually in N3, you know, most of the games are like, oh, I, I learned about Shasurs today. Yeah. Or I learned about Margo and Duroc today. Yeah. And now Shasurs are sad and Margo and Duroc is scarier. They're scarier, but people know about them. I feel like there's enough internet hubbub about them that people... Yeah, they came out with a new model and people were like, whoa, what is yeah. that? It's existed this whole time? Yep, yep. So I need I need to start abusing viral rifles more. I think is what the linked viral rifles with X visor is what I need to start abusing. I would say Lou Guru are kind of when I was thumbing through the Merovingi list, they were really catching my eye. I I think the uh, the thing to go over is Zouaves, especially the the Sapper HMG that starts eight inches up. Yeah, and you can hold two of them back. Mm-hmm. That's the thing you can do. <laughs> I might need to see if I can source a second one on the internets. We'll see. I, I take I take no credit from that. That was Tim's suggestion. He's like, "Oh yeah, you'll do them back." And I was like, "Holy, holy moly! I want to do that thing now." Yeah, or you can start it in suppressifier. I I hate that so much though, like the starting in suppressive. Yeah, it's just asking to get outranged by something. I know. It just <sighs> makes me sad. Right, like either you set it up in a position where you can not be outranged at that 24 inches and then somebody like runs a warband up to your face right i mean there's just there's just so many i don't know like it's situational i never i never feel good doing it um it's it's obviously good right like if somebody throws yeah. a bunch of stuff at it and, and it works out favorably for you that's great but i never feel like i can get it to land the way i want it to it's never as enough of a roadblock i suppose Right. I, I believe that some people have had success with it. Yeah, I, I don't doubt that at all. Uh, but it, it doesn't really fit my play style, I think. Yeah, that's fair. Well, those huh? both sounded like uh, excellent games. Yeah, I really want to try Than's mission at some point in time. It's probably going to end up being a official addition to the HGBTS. Yeah, we need, to, we need to work through some more of the kinks. Um, Than and I actually spent, like, you know... <laughs> My wife was like, how long did that game take you guys? And I looked at the clock and I was like, oh, we spent about an hour or so afterwards, like cleaning up, 
um, taking some photos for a lumbering sprocket article and then just like discussing the, the, the scenario itself. And so we came up with some, some good notes to add to the next revision. Um, and I think they cleaned up some of the issues we had in the game. So mm. yeah, a few more iterations. I think we should get a couple more people to play test it and then we'll release it as part of the uh, 0.2 version. Of yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. I, did, I didn't want to throw it in right away because it, it did seem to have a lot of alterations of the core rules. So I want to yeah. make sure we get some tests. We've, we've I think, addressed most of those concerns, but definitely you should play Than in a game or me and we'll figure it out. Excellent. Well, I think it is uh, time for us to check out the Bromat Academy painting. What do you think, John? I think it is. You had some cool contests with some neat, some neat entries. I mean, some amazing entries. It's pretty ridiculous. Uh, the stuff we get. If, if, it feels is, like a real painting contest now. I, yeah. I, again, <laughs> apologize to those folks um, who sent me stuff, but either end up in my spam folder or like it got buried. Usually I star things in the Gmail that I get all these entries in. I missed one. Uh, I felt super bad about it. But uh, yep, there, everything is in there now. Uh, so, so everybody's work is up for display. Um, yeah, so I guess we can just run down the line. Uh, just to remind everybody watching, uh, the theme was heavy infantry, so people sent in a lot of uh, amazingly painted models of big chonkers, uh, ranging across the whole uh, the whole gamut. So yeah, is every army represented? Uh, we didn't get hawk. There's no hawk. Oh no, no, we got. Uh, there's a um, the first entry is Portlock. Uh, uh, oh, Yep. Yep. So yeah. So here you go. First up, that Hortlock Janissary, and is that from Jonathan? Mm-hmm. So uh, basically, it's is definitely a uh, uh, a fun model to paint. It's a great model on the table. Uh, we got some some good feedback from our judges. A uh, few things, right? So um, I do link a photo guide like how to take pictures of your miniatures uh in the um uh the mission statement i i actually uh it, it i think he actually he, we actually went back and forth on this and he i think ran out of time to take more photos but one of the simplest things you can do you, without even worrying about lighting or anything just just as general feedback and i'm sorry if this seems like we're picking on you jonathan we're not but uh right. uh crop your photos right the, that's yeah. the simplest thing you can do. Just crop it down to just the miniature and like a little bit of negative space around it. And it makes huge difference because uh, then you can see all the detail, all the hard work you put in. And then of course, lighting is huge. Background is huge. Uh, getting your exposure and color white balance, right. Are also big. We'll talk a little bit of that as well. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah. So great horde like Janissary. Um, there's some excellent shading work on the back of the, uh, or like uh, yeah, texture work on the, yeah, on the, the, back. the coat, I guess. Yeah the, yeah, the back looked like they were trying to push that leather texture, which I really mm -hmm. appreciated. Um, my two minor notes here, if, if he's looking for a way to improve that texture, mm -hmm. one of which is I think he used a similar tone as his base. It's kind of a very desaturated yeah. brown, mm -hmm. and that kind of ends up, it ends up looking uh, kind of muddy, but if you use a more saturated color, like if you use kind of something with a little more yellow in it, that'll look a little bit nicer. And then also, I would hit it with some uh, with some dark brown ink. Yeah, um, like pushing pushing the uh, the yeah, folds a little more. Yeah, exactly. You want to push and pull a little bit more mm -hmm. to get that detail. And one of the ways that I've done leather in the past to look really nice is you do the kind of stippling that they did, 
Mm. And then you layer on the ink, and then you do some more stippling, and you layer on the ink, and you do stippling, you layer on the ink. You do that about three or four times, and you end up creating a really deep, um, kind of like oiled leather look. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, it's really so, nice, sweet, right idea. Yeah. And push it a little bit further. Another uh, really simple thing you can add to this to really make the armor pop is just hit it with a, a few more very bright green line highlighting, right? Yeah, something a little lighter on the edges. Yeah, that's like just just that alone would do a lot. Um, but other than that, I mean, I I don't think I could make the, my letter look like that. I've tried and I just sort of gave up. Uh, this is really really well executed. I mean, like it reads as leather, right? It's not just like yeah, nondescript that's the important brown part. thing, right? It, on the table, it looks like what it's supposed to be. So great job. Okay, on to to Obi's submission, right? So he's got uh, Karen Tid, right? Ooh, throw it out. All right, all right, we'll move on to the next. next. One. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Obi's uh, looks acceptable. Yeah, it's fine. So at least I kind of I really appreciate that he went with a white paint scheme. You don't often see that with combined. I think he's really taking advantage of this idea that he's not ever going to play combined. He's just using him for defiance. <laughs> sure. Yeah. To I try mean... to try some different paint schemes. So the kind of like black biomechanical flesh with the white armor is just a really neat contrast. And then the, the pink and the orange, the accent colors And my favorite little bit on this model is just that just that little tiny bit of blue. Mm -hmm. on the, the foot of the left leg there. It just yep. hints towards the model existing in an environment bigger than its base. Yes. Yes. That's really important. Really like it. Yeah, like things things like that are a really nice touch. Um, extending elements that like kind of like break the, bra the base outline a little bit, right? Like poke out mm -hmm. are also fun for that reason. Um, yeah. Great work as always by, by Obi. The... the um, the shading and blending on the back, right? So all this musculature of, of the alien suit stuff is really cool. And there's just like the, the choices in color um, on the glowy bits of the gun, for example, like right here, right in front of the hand, the hand grip. Yeah. Right. That are, are not really represented anywhere else on the model, but just to like give it a little bit of accent when you're looking at it from yeah. this angle. And you also get the orange on the back of the foot there. So you have the blue on one foot, the orange on the other. Mm -hmm. Lots of little tiny details like that, right? And honestly, it might even be easy to to not notice the blue or the orange on the foot because mm -hmm. it makes it fit into the environment that much more. Right. Yeah, yeah. the HMG looks looks killer. Yeah, well done, Obi. Like I said, it looks fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. That's what we, what we mean to say. All right, Spencer Tardactyl has sent in this orc um, HMG. There we go. So that's a that's a conversion, right? That's the this the orc rifle, mm -hmm. I think, with a bit of a with a bit of a gun swap and the arms kind of like calling right. back the team, calling in support. The uh, the base is worth noting here, right? So asphalt plus snow, that's difficult to do. I like that base a lot. Yeah, that's really nice. I like it very much, especially because uh, it's clear that this guy's geared up for winter camo, right? All is white. Mm -hmm. I like that he shaded the, the shade of the white with a tonal color instead of a gray. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people tend to, to shade white with just a flat gray. But I think pushing it blue yep. really kind of, yeah, really makes the model, it feels cold. Yeah, so like it, gives it, it gives it a character instead of just feeling sort of bland and nondescript stormtrooper, you know? Yep. 
And also the interesting thing is when you look at the colors on the base, you look at the colors on the base rim, and you look at the colors on the model, it all works together. Mm-hmm. Right? So the base is black with yellow and the white snow. The armor on this guy is white with black, and then it has yellow accents. Right. He's all playing within the same palette, and he's brought some red up onto the, the model to to you know, make a pop. Yep. And I think just the uh, very simple freehand of just like a couple lines here and there, yeah. change up the, like break up the silhouette, make it your own. I think that's mm-hmm. really cool mm-hmm. too. Uh, we had some comments about like some of the stuff on the shoulders and stuff, whether it's not supposed to be snow collecting on the armor. Uh, hard so to that's tell. A, that's a little hard to read. Yeah. I was wondering about that. I couldn't, it, I couldn't tell if it was that or if it was a little bit, you know, my suggestion was going to be um, to thin out those whites a little bit. Mm-hmm. When you're layering up whites in particular, for some reason, I feel like mine always end up a little bit gritty. Sure. So I was I was assuming it was a little bit of that. Yeah, that's what I read it as too. But then one of the judges talked about how it might be snow and they had some trouble differentiating. So mm. either way, right, it, it uh, might help to push the contrast a little bit. That was another thing that was a, a difficult thing to to do well it is a difficult thing to do with white is push the contrast a lot because if you do it it can end up muddy right yep so So. my my tip for that is to actually not use a pure white Mm -hmm. um there's a a one of the newer one of the newer gw paints i think it's called corax white it's one of their base paints oh sure uh, which is like the the really opaque ones it is actually just off white okay it is just off white and it's great. So I use that for 99% of my white. And then I go through and I highlight that with a titanium white. Got it. To get me like, to get me like a, a pure white looking with a highlight. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of basically, you know, the idea is like building in that range. You know, if you can't go whiter than white and darker than black, then. Yeah, what are you going to do, right? You sort, yeah. of, you sort of saturated the palette. Yep. It's the same reason why I use Panzer Gray instead of black. Mm-hmm. on my miniatures because it gives me it looks like black until you put it next to black and you're like oh well that is obviously darker right makes so. sense yep very cool well done we've got uh this um Sograt, right from victor yeah chalky boy really chalky like boy. the yeah i really like the uh, red to orange he does on the shoulder yeah and actually on all of it um just like all the little red. uh armor armor highlight bits yeah, red is a red is an interesting color to work with in general because you have to choose which way you want to highlight. Do you want to go pink or do you want to go orange? Mm-hmm. Right? And you know, because light red is just pink. So yeah, he went orange, but I I venture to say that he might have actually gone over. He might have gone orange and then hit it with a red glaze to mm. push the orange further back into the reds. I see. Um, this is something that. Uh, you know, it's it's not for this contest, John, but um, you saw Obi's paint job of his um, um, she skin. Oh, sure. And yep. mm-hmm. Before and after the inks. So before the inks, it was kind of pushing flesh tones and oranges. Right. And then he brought the ink in to bring it back into the red family. So it feels kind of like he did something similar there. Um, I like it. I like the, the non-metal metallic yep. on the weapon. Well done there. Also, one nice thing is uh, just... It's really interesting watching what pieces of armor people pick out, right? Because you could have mm-hmm. easily, like this this chest bit here, um, where he's got the part like right in front of the face that he painted red. You yeah. could have easily flipped that and made like the U-shaped thing underneath it red. Uh, and uh-huh. I think that really helps 
pull in the parts of the armor that like you want to distinguish because otherwise it would like blend in with the face a little bit and then also yeah, yeah. selling selling it like it makes it very morad if you have like the big like armor plate on the shoulder that looks bolted on if you paint it so it looks like it's an additional bolted on thing just be like i want more yeah. armor like that's really cool yeah and then stick on a different color mm-hmm. and then like sticking with the studio paint like uh, glowy gun tip thing is really great one thing that i really love and i'm really happy that i've got to see this over uh, a couple different uh, iterations of painting and also his battle reports and stuff uh, is his basing. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's kept with this consistent sort of like blue gravelly stuff with like yellow alien plant thing. Uh, yeah, I really, yeah. I really dig it. Uh, it's, it's like you, I just need to look at it. I'm like, Oh, I know who painted that. Uh, I, I know. Right. And like, you know that it's all going to sit together uh, on the table very nicely and like sort of tell the story that like, yeah, you're on some weird combined planet. Um, and it's, it's going to be, uh, a weird time and you're running into some interesting critters and stuff, flora and fauna you're on, and so on. You're on this dude's turf. You're on this dude's turf. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, our judges had the same, same comments, right? So great. And, uh, non-metal metallics on the weapon, um, great color choices, right? So all, all the same things we went over. Um, and, and yeah. also the, the OSL, right? Doesn't have, you don't have to oversell it. You don't have to like do crazy blending. Uh, this will look great. Uh, if you're, you know picking it up to, to, to look at it or just like putting it on the tabletop. So very well done. Uh, now we come to Frank Washburn, uh, with a deal, the crane armor version. Yeah. Um, yeah. Beefcake. Right. Also, yeah. uh, one of our judges is concerned that somebody farted near him and his, he's got the stank face going on. Oh. Harsh. <laughs> I just have a comment in the judges form. It's like who who farted? Uh, but yeah, I mean, like like we were saying about Obi's, it's fine, right? Like obviously the face is amazing. <laughs> so yeah, well done, yeah. Frank. Oh, this is <laughs> looks it looks great. Yeah, and then of course oh, this... uh, the the cloak oh, the... work blending on the on the or the butt the butt towel, I guess whatever you want to call it. Yeah, the non-metal metallic mm-hmm. on the the cloak fringe, yeah, is killer, right? I mean, just like look at all like this is a great this is a great shot of it just along the uh, the curve here, fantastic, mm-hmm. really really nice, and then uh, all of the individual highlights on all the all the cabling and stuff on the armor, um, going with like the ice blue sort of uh, radiation veins for the power pack or whatever you want to call yeah. it, um, yeah, really really cool. Great choice of color sword. for the sword, right? Fantastic work. Um, and then again, so this is yeah. Okay. I was just and then again the uh, the triangles on the chest. Yep. Not not terrible to like not terribly difficult to execute, uh, in the sense that you just like paint the triangle and then paint in the lines, right? Um, but it it does so much to just uh, break up the big flat armor plate and like make it look like a dude would in you know if, if this was scaled up to life size so yeah and the what hair I like is that it feels younger mm-hmm. right so this is before he before he was disgraced basically mm-hmm. um and so it, the 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 face the hair the it feels young which i really like yeah. um it compl- his execution of painting the face complements the pose the only real criticism i have uh, for for Frank is that I I I love those Warsenal bases to, where you can see line of fire for gameplay 
yep. and I hate them for displaying models. Sure. Because my, my eye just goes to that thing all the I mean, all the you time. need to do is just crop it out, and then you're good to go. Yeah, crop it out. It looks better, like, yeah, much better. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Well, well done. Yeah, excellent work by Frank. Um, all right, now we're on to Troy with his bronze. Troy is crazy good at his um, tonal value blending. Mm-hmm. And what I mean is that the, uh, so the gold always it looks like one color of gold that is being lit. And so it has a very right. natural progression of the color through his shading. Same thing with his blues. Mm-hmm. No, the the tonal values on his on his blends are absolutely on point. And I, I it's something we noticed when we did the tag. Yeah. When we submitted the tag, it, every time I see his paint jobs, I just look at them and they they feel like I want to put it in my mouth. It just looks soft and buttery. <laughs> yes, exactly. You're making you're making Adam regress. Yeah. That's what's happening. Also, like uh, just just the subtle choices in the way he accented, like the the um, the winch cable mm-hmm, pack, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And then the I guess the grappling hook gizmo. Uh, yeah. Super nice. Uh, that is actually pretty difficult to to execute. It takes a fair amount of brush control just to not mess that up, right? I feel like oh, yeah. Like, I, 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 yeah. Like looking looking at this, I was like, ugh. How am I going to paint this? Um, and he did hundreds a of little job. dots, John. Yeah, hundreds of little dots. Clearly, right? What is this? Uh, Draftly, uh, Draftly yeah, command right. model, Shaltari. Um, but yeah, excellent, excellent work. Like so, so buttery. And then, like, here's a great shot of the gun. Just all of the the shading on the gun is fantastic, right? Like on the drum. Yep. 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 Really, buttery really nice. Blends. Gorgeous model. The glow in the eyes is pretty spot on too. You can really see it in that previous picture. You also yeah. get a little bit of a glow from the forearm on the other side. Yep. It looks good. Yep. Yep. I would say my my only criticism of this model, and I like to give people something to think about, hmm. is um, when you look at the back picture, I know he has used dark grays to provide shade to the black. Sure. But um, there's this kind of thing that happens when you make blends look so, too natural what it ends up looking like is unpainted black under a light. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. So it ends up giving it a very satin look that, that he was probably, you know, likely going for, right? Like his cloak looks velvety. Sure. But the problem Only is the best you... for a 12. Yeah. Right. But the, the, the problem is that what we lose though, is the, is the tell. We lose the, the, the indication that I have by looking at this, that this is something that was painted and not a result of the photography. Yeah. That's actually uh, like I think the first time that uh, he submitted something to one of these painting competitions, I was like, "Wait, is this just really well lighted?" And then somebody had to yeah. like talk me off that cliff, right? They're like, "No, no, no, he's just really freaking good at this." And I was yeah. like, "Are you sure?" Because I can't tell. And then like after like a couple more minutes of staring, and I was like, "Okay, yeah, no, he's just way better at this than I thought right? <laughs> it was and possible." With, with, with his blues and grays and yellows, I can definitely, I you can tell that it's painted still. It right. is just the 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 back shot of this cloak in particular. Mm-hmm. You, it, it just loses that little bit of contrast. And I've had the same thing. I've I've experienced this a lot with painting black models, where like it, it can look flat even though you've shaded it well because you've shaded it to match the highlight and you know, to match to match the natural lighting effect, and it looks ends up looking a little bit washed out. 
So yeah. that's like my only my only minor criticism of it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and you can it, sort of you can sort of tell that it's painted like right underneath the winch pack for those of you who yeah, are looking for some of the tells, look. right? Like if you look at just that one section and kind of like cover cover the bottom half, you're like, okay, I can I can start to see where the brush landed and did some stuff. Right, um, but to the to the just under the cable and to the left of the um, of the, the sure. grapple, that's where mm-hmm. it starts to wash out a little bit. Yeah, but, then it starts. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's such a minor criticism. Like it looks yeah. too natural. You're too good at this. <laughs> we should be able to tell that it's, you know, it's not real. Um, but yeah, yeah so no, I, I had a question in chat. Uh, this is all available if you want to go take a look at it on bromadacademy.com. Um, you just go to uh, the painting missions section and you'll find it there. It's also on the front page. Um, so you'll be able to find it and check out these amazing paint jobs for yourself. Uh, he also, just to sort of flex on all of us, I don't know, shared <laughs> shared some more pictures of his beautiful O12 so um, you've got some uh, the Nyoka troops and then uh, his beautiful Zeta. Um, yeah, there's that Zeta where we couldn't tell if the blue was highlighted or just photographed well. And I'm yep. getting the exact same feel looking at it again. Right. Like, yep. it mm-hmm. looks so natural. Yep. And you yep. Know, the other thing that might help also is the use of a non-black um, backdrop. Oh, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just a textured backdrop. Set, yeah, that'll bring that'll uh, that'll basically pop them off the background. And sure. when you see the even lighting in the background, mm-hmm. things that are painted to have uneven lighting in the foreground will look a little bit better. So that's when you can see that the lighting of the background is different than the lighting of the miniature. Makes sense. All right. Now on to Simon. So these are Holloman, for those of you familiar with the uh, Infinity range. Uh, but he's put hats on them uh, to turn them into his Karakuri proxies, because I guess he wanted oh. um, he wanted uh, a, a different feel for his... Uh, Murder Something Death JSA more, robots. Yeah. A little more cybernetic. Yeah. So I, I really dig this. Um, the just so he the one that he wanted us to look at specifically was the uh, the boarding shotgun version, and um, yeah, like I think it's great. It definitely feels like a Murder Death robot, uh, not like a not like you know the um, Ghost in the Shell Geisha bot that you might associate with Karakuri, but more like this is a military grade robot. It has guns. It's there to murder you. Um, yeah. And it's just like we spray painted it. We like this is, you know, it, it has the, the rattle can feel, right? It's just like, okay, look, we need to get this robot off the assembly line, just like rattle can it and go. But it looks great. Like it's executed so well. And then he, he, he up, really upped the painting level of, uh, by adding like all this battle damage, just like the, the chipping on uh-huh. the hat, um, the wear on the, on like the, it looks like some of the anodizing on the, uh, the shotgun has, has rubbed off, right? throughout just like constant use of just like beating people with it with their massive cc10 <laughs> right right <laughs> but uh yeah i mean like we got some we got a lot of comments about um just the the battle damage right so if you look at uh his his i guess the the uh karakuri's right thigh and and knee pad here right that's not a that's not like a, a missed stroke on the brush there yeah. on the knee pad that's an intentional choice uh and it works really really nicely Yep, and then so similar to some of the feedback we gave um, the port-like Janissary, uh, if, to really push this a little bit further, I would do basically a, like a black pinwash. Um, if you're not familiar with pinwashing, it's something that uh, military modelers do a lot. It's like an oil. It's a it's a heavily diluted black wash, basically. Mm. Um, but when because when you paint the when you paint the greens, right? When you want something to look olive and drab, when you when you go to shade it, you don't you don't want the shading to look heavily saturated, 
right? So this is kind of an, an olive green, but if you went with like whatever the new Dark Angels green equivalent is, that's a dark green, but it's heavily saturated and it kind of throws thing off, throws things off. So this is one of those situations where I'd use a black um, to really go in there and, and push it a little bit deeper because the yeah, my only complaint is that you kind of lose some of the definition in the shoulders. Mm. But yeah. I love I love the concept. Yeah, well executed, and just the thought about where the um, where the wear is is so good too, right? So it's near the holster, right? It's on all the like the reload surfaces where you would, you know, grab the the magwell and just like you know strip the magazine kind of stuff. All those things are really great. Um, and then I I just sort of imagine this particular Karakuri like saluting his enemy just by like grabbing the hat. That's why it's worn there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. all that kind of fun stuff yeah great work and then of course we've got the you know i want to make sure we show off the cloak as well so yeah, there's a little really bit cool. of um like this this is another uh, subtle touch right so on the uh you can really see it on the left side of the of the butt towel uh he's dirtied it up intentionally right so it reads it reads like it's been muddy and it's uh it's been in combat so i i love the all the detail here very well done Tips his hats to all the ladies, exactly. All right, now we're on to um, Shang-Gi Hacker, my Andre. So first off, I think, let's find a, a better picture, show it off. Yeah, so we've got the, the actual hacking gubbin, as opposed right. to just like hacker hands for no reason. The cool little flying base up to the hacker gubbin. Yep. I like that take on it. The directional lighting yeah. is, pretty, is pretty great. That's a that's a much better picture, so you can see the the OSL there. Um, it definitely reads as like super bright hacking, right? Uh -huh. So like the like the hologram is like super super bright, uh, which is really cool actually, right? So we've seen a lot of. Um, oh, he's uh, got his sunglasses on. Yeah, exactly. That explains everything. That's why they have the hacker goggles. It's because the yeah. hacker holograms are just so bright. Um, that's you know that's that's why uh, hacking um, the hacking program Spotlight is called Spotlight. Uh, it takes a you know it takes a lot of power to make it so you can see it in daylight. So yeah, exactly, precisely. <laughs> yeah, and just just like the subtle the subtle things like tying in the same color to um, to the gun, right? Mm -hmm. Making sure that the same color is there, uh, and then dirtying up the uh, the boots on the back to match the the um, the dusty deserty base, I guess. Yeah, I really like this Jay Green that he went with. Mm-hmm. Really, really good. And kind of the the bronze metallic, instead yep. of just a straight, uh, instead yeah. of straight silver. Yeah, yeah, that adds a lot to sort of it's break nice up touch. the other colors. Uh, one thing that I would mention is that if if this source of light is so bright as to like wash out the green on like the front of the armor, uh, you sort of lose the effect by making the same brightness not hit the gun. Yeah. Yeah, just take it a little. Just take it that little bit further. Yeah, like you you did it perfectly on the Changji's right side. Sorry to think about that for a second. Right, so it's on the holster. It really catches it, and this is super directional because uh, you can sort of see the other color on on the shadow side of the light. Uh, but if it's that bright, it would catch the the actual you know long arm as well. But uh, yeah, really well done. Yeah, the um, again, if I have a little bit of a suggestion for them. On the yeah. the when you're painting the boots and you want to have blended into the base, mm. 
So they, it looks like they did a dry brush over the top of the surface. Mm-hmm. And when you think about, when you think about when you've been out, um, you know, out hiking or something like that, and you're getting dirt on your pants uh, or in your, in your boots in particular, right? Cause your boots are obviously more uh, detailed. Um, it doesn't necessarily settle on top. It se- tends to kind of settle in the recesses. So mm-hmm. I would play with, with actually watering down some of that yellow pigment and flooding that into the boots and the feet so that it's more right. in the recesses than on the, on the highest surfaces on the highest surfaces is where it tends to get brushed off. Right. And the other thing you can think about is just using actual pigments and uh, yeah. do that. Leathering too. pigments are super easy yeah. to use. And that helps, that helps, that helps uh, tie together the base on the model. You just like dab everything with the weathering pigment and it ties it all together. So it's a, it's a, it's a wonderful cheat. I use it all the time to make things that I look, uh, paint reasonable. Um, all right, we're on to another Yujing hacker, this time the Hacktow, right, from uh, Yosef, a.k.a. Moxie. Um, oh, man. First off, I love the color scheme. Yep, gorgeous. Right, I mean, just like the, the tan beige over the green and black, super mm-hmm. cool. Um, mm-hmm. Much more subdued on the OSL here, which yep. is absolutely fine, very well executed as well. Um, I actually like the subtle OSL on here quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. It's really nice. And then, you know, it's a good excuse to, like, you can sort of see the difference here, right? On the left shoulder pipe yeah. thing, right? It's there. Um, and well, it's chosen even a little the... bit, it looks like a little bit down on the top of the gun, a little bit on the right shoulder pad. Like, yeah. that glow is is faint, but but has Omnipresent. reached far. Yeah, exactly, right? So if the if you've got a glowy lightsaber sword, it should be glowing on other things too, instead of just like half of the model, right? So you got to you got to think about where that light source was going to end up. But yeah, I I just love the color scheme. The color scheme does a lot to sell this model because I mean I've seen a lot of uh, really well executed color schemes, uh, sorry, paint jobs on this model uh, where it's mostly black, right? And then yeah. it has lots of really like cool uh, yellow striping, like armor markings or unit markings. That looks really good. But this is a, a really well done lighter color scheme. And that I think does a lot to sell the model too. Yeah, great job. Um, yeah, I like the 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 subtle tones that he has in the the leg armor plates. Mm-hmm, you can really see yep. on this one and the other side. Um, yep. And like you said, because I'm so I'm so familiar with seeing this model in black, I almost didn't recognize it. I was like, "That's such a cool armor design." What yeah. the game has this? Oh, it's it's <laughs> it's a hawk tie. Yeah. I've seen them a million times. Yep. Exactly. The killer, the the weathering um, at the bottom of the legs looks nice. Mm-hmm. It fits in the environment. I want to know what material he used for his basing. I'm guessing um, texture paste. But I'm not Probably. Positive. That I like, doesn't I look like, like sand to me. No, but it's a very fine texture. I like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it's not. There's not too much attention, like drawing effect on the base, right? Yeah. So it it doesn't it doesn't like make me slam my eyes downwards, which is nice. Yeah, mm-hmm. great work. Uh, we've got Pyotr as well with his uh, 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 Nomad Taskmaster, right? So he's got this wonderful uh, basing scheme, which I really love. It's like kind of like cartoony with all the the cell mm-hmm. shading, like hash marks and stuff. I really dig that. Uh, and he's done a lot of really great work. We saw, I think it saw his Kriza as Intruder before, maybe. Um, yeah. The one thing that's really cool is the way he's done the the um, the gun, the Red Fury, right? 
So that's yeah. It, it looks hot. Yeah, yeah, right. You're just like, like oh, that's why it's that's why it's called the Red Fury is because of this paint job. I and it makes me wonder though. It does make me wonder like, what is the fluff of Red Fury? Is this shooting like molten slags of bullet? I mean, mm. like, I don't, I don't want that. Yeah, that's that's why it's shock, right? Get that out of here. Yeah, no, just if you just fire in my general direction, I'm going home. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, and then so, another another comment on the on the on the white as well, right? So making it cooler to offset the uh, the reds um, with some so, with some blue. So I actually don't mind it in this case, hmm. right? So it, it, I feel like it's a it's a situational thing because if you did go blue with it, yeah, it, um, when you have that red, it actually starts to feel very patriotic. Um, sure, it's mm-hmm. kind of a, a, a non-conscious effect, and he's stuck with the more neutral. It is slightly blue, yeah. I think. Um, but I'm actually okay with it here. Instead, I would do the same thing that I mentioned before, which is use a very subtly not white, mm-hmm. and then that gives you room to highlight it further with the whites. Because like it, the 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 red armor down the chest there shows that he is more than capable of highlighting, yes. right? But when you when you go with that pure white, you don't leave yourself that room to highlight. Yeah. And this is also a really fun thing too, right? So the way I've done all of my nomads is the under armor and like cabling stuff is dark and then the plates are lighter, right? Uh, and he's what he's chosen to go with like actually a fairly bright color and then he's fixed the issue, right? Or if it's really an issue with white. Um, but it's nice to see, I guess my point is it's nice to see like a really bright uh, color for the cabling and stuff. It really makes the whole thing tie together and it doesn't sort of vanish into the into the model. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. Uh, just a, one quick comment, right? So this is like cropping. If it was like this box instead of like the whole screen, yeah. right? Very simple thing to do. Uh, same for Juan over here. Uh, but we've got another uh, S5 heavy infantry from Juan here, uh, the Diokai. It's it's weird looking at a stock Diokai. I gotta say, because <laughs> all the ones that I've seen on the table have like some ridiculous weapon swap. <laughs> but I mean, there's nothing wrong with the stock dial. Okay, it looks great. Nope. And uh, so, I was proving it here. I I like he did kind of did the opposite. So he did the white and then brought in some red mm-hmm. to kind of give it this this kind of um, kind of eerie underglow. Sure. Mm-hmm. But I like the 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 red here. So what's interesting is like look at the so this is white and red and the taskmaster we just looked at is white and red. Yep. The taskmaster's reds were highlighted up through kind of bone. Which is mm-hmm. how you avoid going totally pink, and right. this red was highlighted up through oranges, mm-hmm. right? And just kind of the the different visual effects that give that gives is uh, is worth noting. Yeah, I love the I love the work on the helmet as well, right? Adding in the gold on the on the helmet horns and the uh, so the thigh armor. The, my my um, I like this model, and the one thing that once I saw it, I couldn't unsee it. Is specifically from this photo. I just want to start singing "Oh Canada" because that's <laughs> all I see now on the helmet. On the helmet, sure, <laughs> sure, yeah, fair <laughs> enough. Can't unsee, right? Sorry, I ruined it for all of you. <laughs> no, but this is great. I really like the uh, the choices. To I mean, this looks like a Destiny Titan, right? There's a shader yeah. uh, which is like red and white, and I I love that shader in uh, in in Destiny One. And so this this sells it for me for sure, and just the uh, like the he also did the um, the uh, tempering yeah, line on the swords, right? Yep. That's really cool. Well done too. And then also like doing the silver and white on the on the uh, the uh, 
cabling as well. It's really mm -hmm. cool. And also the boots, right? Like look at the boots. Uh, they have like, it'd be so easy to just like hit that all with white and then just sort of like let the rest of the model speak. And a lot of people yeah. do that and that's totally fine. And you should do that. Right. Um, there's the whole, the whole series on like speed painting It's like, yeah, don't pay attention to the boots, like do all the other stuff. Um, but just this subtle bit of accent here doesn't really draw your eye, but when your eye roams over it, uh, it, it you're like, Oh, that's really cool. I'm glad that somebody actually picked out all that detail that the sculptor left there. So really well done. And then of course the, uh, the, um, the scabbards as well. Excellent work there with the lining and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Very nice. Really cool. All right. We're on to another Jonathan and another bronze. So this is the mighty Job. Yeah, this, I mean, I love the bronze model. Completely <laughs> like, different color scheme too. Yeah. Anybody who paints the bronze is going to get bonus points from me just because it's like, he's so cool. Right. Oh God, um, what a so great model. We've got kind of a, an orange, blue, and green paint scheme with kind of gold piping. Mm -hmm. um, you know, he did a lot of work on all the edge highlights. Mm -hmm. I think that um, the 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 two two notes I had I had two notes about paint and one about photography on this one. Okay. And one of them is you don't need to highlight every edge. So the if you look at like the black panel on this cloak, he painted the top edges, which is where the light would naturally go. And then he also highlighted the bottom edges, which kind of creates this, this almost pillowy look to everything around it. Mm -hmm. um, I think if he just stuck to the top, the, the top edges on things, it would make it feel a bit more natural. And then you kind of notice it also on the, on the first page when you have two panels next to each other and highlight both edge of both panels, it, yes. it, it visually, it like moves them further apart visually. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I totally banked up my second point about paint was, but the, the, the point about the photography is that, um, your white balance is looking a little off in this. So it kind of pushes the whole thing into the oranges. It does a it's, little bit. Um, and so that affects how you read the greens. So yes. it, it also looks like the, there might be like an Instagram filter on here, which is giving it that extra vignette. Um, and I think for these purposes, your, your main goal is to, to kind of faithfully present the model um and so those two things are kind of distorting it a little bit but um, i mean it's, it's I, mostly the white balance the vignette is fine right the, yeah. but the white balance is a little off this i really like though right? i love so, this this is Everybody fantastic this yeah right like if you if you want to show off the model this is the way to do it right because if you get if you get four photos there's no reason you can't like do a collage like this because the so we we see a completely different approach to the gun here than we did um Yep. from from troy right so he went with like this is just a, a block of metal and it's got some shading on it to sort of differentiate all the surfaces and show all you all the nooks and crannies but this looks like it's made of different things that have been pieced together right uh which i really like and just sort of um picking out like the various furniture on the gun is really good to to show off the structure in a different way uh, and, uh than than just sort of like doing an excellent job highlighting it right so this is also well highlighted but the different colors help differentiate as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very cool. And also I just wanted to call attention to the, the leaves on the base. Very nice. Yeah. I like those. I think those are um, birch. Mm. Yeah. Super, super well done. Uh, okay. On to uh, Jordan who's in chat. Hello, Jordan. This, this guy looks spooky AF. Yeah. Do not want to run him into a dark alley. Cause he'll just HMG me. Mm. Don't want that. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, that 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 the the lighting on here, I've this is something I've not been able to wrap my head around doing. Mm. Um is the the two directional lighting. Yeah. But you nailed it. Yeah. On this. Especially there's actually a third light coming from the bottom of that base. Right. You see it better in this picture. Yep. So nice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then like just I love I love that you left this back portion completely black. Right? Oh, see, that was my that was my going to be my note was yeah. that um, instead of going pure black, mm. go with the go with a Panzer gray. Sure, sure, but I mean like I I mean like you you left the and portion then, really dark is I guess what yeah, I should yeah, have phrased yeah. this yeah, yeah. But if you if you go Panzer gray and then give it just the hint of shading into the blacks, you can actually still kind of make out the detail, but it looks really dark. So it's it's one of those things like, I can't tell if I can make out the detail versus I can't make out the detail. Right. Yeah. It's, it's hard to do this, right? Yeah. I, and, uh, and it's clear that a lot of this is done with brush and not just with airbrush too. Yeah. And then- Just like yeah. layering up the different layers of, uh, of uh, increasing uh, brightness. On that blue, right? Until you end in a white on whatever that gubbin on the bases. Yeah, and then the the last little note I had is like I couldn't quite tell if this is going for a cell shaded look or not. Mm. Right. So that's kind of where if you look at the um, like the blends on the, the basically what it is in some areas the blends are really smooth like on the five plate. Sure. But on some areas, they are more jarring, like on the right hand, the other arm. Oh, yeah, let me pull it. Yeah, there you go. Right, so it's hard to tell necessarily if it's stylistic or accidental in which mm -hmm. place. Um, if you're going for the cel-shaded look, there's actually a lot of really good reference. Um, there are people who paint Gundam, like the big Gundam models, in a way that looks absolutely two-dimensional. Hmm. It it blows my mind whenever I look at them. Like sometimes they only paint half of it, so you can tell that it's a three dimensional model. Oh um, sure. So that's the the only uh, the only suggestion. Yeah, John, if you want to even pull up an example, if you Google two um, D Gundam painting, you'll see a lot of really good examples of ones that it like it looks like a piece of artwork. Um. And then, so what I will say about hatch markings, I feel like I just had a discussion with this about this with someone, is I would actually avoid cross hatching on miniatures, even when you're going for a style of um, of looking like two dimensional comic book. And the reason why is because they only remain two dimensional from a single perspective, and so anytime you are not looking from that exact view, the cross hatches looked curved, which is starting mm. to get weird. So, like that's a great example of. This looks absolutely like a flat 2D object, but this is a 3D painted uh, miniature. Yeah, and you can only really tell because there's like a, some sort of armature holding it in place. Yeah, it's... Actually, I'm just going to send John one more, to, one more to pull up because I just think this one is... This one breaks my brain. Um, there you go. So this is wow. this is yeah right. <laughs> okay. So this is the one where they've only painted half of it, so you can you can really tell that it's a three D shape. Sure. Yeah. But it does not read three D at all when you look at it. That's crazy. 
Yeah, I've seen if, and I've seen some of these in person, and they hold up from every angle. It's it's trippy to look at. So, yeah, so I, I think keep pushing the the comic book style. I would, if I were you for reference, I would check out some of these two D Gundam paintings, um, just for just again for more reference because I think that there's uh, there's room for it, and I like where this is going. Mm-hmm. All right. We're on to the last but not least, Igor with his Ajax. Yeah. Holy cow. I I mean, I love this model, so that doesn't, you know, that's not a bad place to start. And mm-hmm. then his execution of it is really clean. Pretty rad. So the hammer, let's take a look at the hammer real quick, right? So just, oops, there we go. Let me find a better shot of it. There's one. Just, just all the detail on the hammerhead is so good, right? Just like, like the uh, kind of whatever flap things on the top. Yeah, really sell it. I'm sure I there are exhaust fans so for the rocket hammer, clearly, or, or for the explosions out of the exploding hammer. Very, very good. And then like there's just the subtle lines there, just to show that like there's some wear and tear on it, and like scratches from when he beats people's faces in with it. Yeah. Um, Another thing that is really good hammer. on this is the the back cloth armor, right? So like right underneath his like, <laughs> I guess like football padding, I guess kind of looks like, right? Yeah, just yeah, like yeah. along his spine, right? All the all the shading there is really well done as well. Um, I really like that. Um, the 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 leather work on the bag is phenomenal as well. Uh, all the detailing being picked out on all the straps and stuff, really good. The glowy bits on the um, van braces or arm bracers, really great. Right. Uh, like, you can, so this you can really actually, see, yeah. This is a fantastic example of not using white paint mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for your armor. Like, in, in this case, what he actually does is he creates two different tones. If you look at the hammer, if you look at the, the head of the hammer, and then you look at the, the shaft part that's just holding it up, you have both a cool gray and a warm gray. But both of them read as white. Yep. Um, and same thing with like the back of his hand versus the bit of the hammer right above it. They both read as white when you look at them, but they're they're obviously not pure white because they've got highlighted edges and they read warm and cool. Very well done. Even like even just the um, the the stippling uh, to show like the stubble mm-hmm. on the hair and the facial hair, really well done as well. I can't get enough of that hammer. The hammer is so good, though. The hammer looks amazing. I think yeah. my, the the suggestion I would have is to actually bring down the um, bring down the amount of gray that you're using in your mix for the stippling for the hair and the beard. Mm. It's a little too gray. Yeah, the beard is borderline. I can't tell if it's a five o'clock shadow or he painted a beard on. Right. Um, I, and so basically, find, there you go. There's a better shot. Yeah. So the way the way you get that effect is you actually end up mixing in more of the flesh tone. Mm-hmm. And I think he was mixing his flesh tone into the the hair the on top of the head, but I couldn't quite tell because the top of the head reads very white. Um, yeah, it's a little when, light. Yeah, when I would want that to read more more flesh. So um, for people that want to try this effect at home, it's literally as easy as just putting a little bit of gray or black um, into your base flesh tone. Painting it on and then feathering the edge a little bit with your base flesh down. There you go. Uh, I want to point out this ear, though. 
The ear yeah. is really nice because like uh, there's a lot of like blood flow to it. You can sort of tell like he's like really ready to smash right. some face and his like veins are veins are going very vascular. vascular yeah, that's man. something really fun to, to use some red glazes around mm-hmm. kind of around the, the nose and eye area and the ears. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Really rad. So uh, one of the things that uh, that, you know, he asked for was some uh, some feedback right so we've actually reached out to some of our judges a lot of whom are uh are very accomplished painters in and of themselves uh i'm not including myself among that group by any means <laughs> but there's there's definitely some people who know what they're talking about and can execute uh on on that uh so i you know I, i'm not going to go through the very lengthy feedback that he got but if any of you want that um that's something that we can do occasionally right so i don't think we can do that for every entry uh, especially as the number of entries grow. Uh, but yeah, like great job. And, uh, just, just to point it out, that's a thing that can happen if that's what you want. Get some yeah, more, we more got, feedback than what Adam and I do off the cuff here. Right. We got a, I mean, we got a ton of amazing responses. Yeah. This this was, yeah, I, this was by far the hardest one. You know, when I filled out that questionnaire and I'm only, I'm only one vote. Right. Right. Um, uh, I know that you found this out to quite a few people, but man, this yeah. was the hardest one for me to vote on. Like to even just to, to narrow it down to like my top three, like, uh, let alone right. like rate those in order. And yeah. So everybody who submitted should feel amazing because this stuff really looks fantastic. Absolutely. All right. And so that, uh, brings us to the hard part, which is announcing who actually, uh, who actually took it away this time. So it was actually very, very close. Uh, this person took it by one vote. Um, so oh, holy cow. we do, we do ranked choice voting. Uh, and this person took it by one vote. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think it was without further ado. It's, uh, Obi's Carented, which is, as we said before, fine. Yeah, it was fine. <laughs> <laughs> So well done, Obi. That yeah, looks well done, Obi. incredible. Yes. Yeah, very, very tight competition. Uh, I don't think anybody should feel bad about uh, what they came in as, but like, so hard to judge this. Uh, I think, I think the first text I got back. So like, we do this in a Google uh, form, right? I have like a rank choice thing that I put together. Uh, so I texted it out to all of my painting friends and a bunch of people who who uh, aren't necessarily painters, uh, just to get like the sort of the layman the layman's perspective, right? And the first text I got back consistently was like, "Holy crap, dude! This is really hard to judge from everybody, right. including right. like the the painting people and like the not. They're like, I don't, I don't know. Like, and so there's a lot of there's like there's a lot of like place swapping, right? So people like some people thought Obi was first, and some people thought he was second, but uh, the number of people thought he was first edged up by one. So so you took it this time, Ovi. Uh, congratulations. Um, and because, you know, everybody gets a chance to win stuff, uh, let's spin the Wheel of Names to see who takes away a blister courtesy of Corvus Belly. Uh, so without further ado, let's do it. Hey. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Okay, it's Andre. I thought it was going to be Simon, but it's Andre. So Andre, uh, I'll get in touch with you, and uh, you let me know what uh, blister you want from Corvus Belly. I'll send you a list of what you can choose from. And uh, yeah, congratulations, and thank you for everybody who submitted uh, this time around. Uh, look, I can't wait to see what people come up with for their conversions. 
So thank you again for everybody. Um, we hope that uh, you find uh, the comments helpful. Uh, we love looking at this stuff. And uh, thank you for sharing it with us and taking the time. All right, so one last thing before we jump into our coverage of military orders, which is actually why we're here tonight, just reminding everyone. <laughs> uh, it's time for our Mythic Games sponsorship. Woo! Yay! So every week, Mythic Games gives one of our lucky listeners uh, $10 in credits to moe-games.com, where you can put that $10 towards the already discounted Crimson Stone and get an even cheaper bundle it's a good way to do it yeah it was really smooth so <laughs> <laughs> well done yeah that you how about that that's the word tonight the word of the night is smooth so everybody yeah. say smooth in the chat yep. and you'll be entered in for your chance to uh to get that ten dollars in credit so, <laughs> you know you you think we haven't been doing this for a while right yeah right it's only it's only been a year man yeah, I don't know. Oh, it's been over a year, 63 weeks. Right. 63 amazing weeks. All right. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. It feels like they're they're mocking me. And it's okay. I can accept that. <laughs> All right. Let's see who is the smoothest. Is that the way to say it? I don't know. Yeah. Hey, right. it's Rayman, 4009. Hey, I'll go ahead and shoot you a message, and we will uh, get your information over to, to Ruben. So thank you, you know, thank you everyone for listening, and uh, congratulations, Rayman. So it's time for for military orders. It's what you've all been waiting for. Our main feature. Yay! Yay! So military orders has been out a little while now, and you know we were we were sent a copy from Corpus Belly to review, and we showed off the models, and we got it. We did the unboxing video, and they're great sculpts, but. I, you know, we really wanted to make sure that we did them justice when they came out. There was such a massive overhaul of what military orders, military orders was before. So we wanted to give it time to, to a to paint the models for myself, so I could you know give an honest opinion of the the miniatures, but also a chance to get them on the table and kind of explore some of the differences. So, quick rough overview for for new players: military orders is a Sectoral of Pan-Oceana. They are religious across the board, which means that their troops do not like hiding, <laughs> even when they get shot at. They have a lot of armor. Because they're Pan-Oceana, they, um, they have access to, to some pretty great guns uh, and high do. ballistic skill. And because they're big space knights and a lot of armor, they also can chop things up with swords pretty okay. That doesn't mean you should do it, though. <laughs> well, that's that's a. I mean, when to melee or not is definitely a, a full blown discussion right there. Yep. So, um, let's uh, let's start with some of the big N four changes, right? So a lot of people already have kind of maybe some idea of what they were previously, um, or what they were before the army book came out. But it's definitely worth talking about. They 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 had some transformations. I think the the biggest one is the Holy Sepulcher. Like, you know, no pun intended, but that model got huge. It shot up to Silhouette 5, mm -hmm. and it kind of totally changed what it does on the table. Yes. I mean, it, so it's still, it still has option for Chain of Command, which is one of its big uses before. It lost, uh, it still has Hollow Projector. It just lost its, um, 
it's a hollow mask hollow mask and it's for deployment yep right so he's a big chonker though arm nine or arm five bts nine bs 14 with a um plus one damage ap hmg or a plus one damage plus one burst multi-marksman rifle like pretty good do you want um, an ap spitfire or a shock spitfire Right, right. that can they can surprise attack. Yep, those are things I want. Those things. Those are all really good. Um, yeah. Also, natural born warrior. I don't think they had that before. They um, didn't. So that's the thing, right? So now it can actually stab stuff with the CC twenty two and not have to worry about nonsense coming back with martial arts and whatnot. So there's that. Um, I think the biggest thing is uh, just. So I, I used to see them a lot as sort of um, lieutenant hiding options because they used to be a lieutenant option in N3. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, military orders wasn't super popular in our meta, but when I did see it, it was a lot of just like, this guy is totally not a lieutenant. He's hiding in the back. There's have to be three of them. Don't worry about it. Um, but then it was kind of hard to figure out which one you should go after because there's still some separation between them um, physically, right? But uh, now that it's a big chunker, it wants to go smash things and it's not your lieutenant, so you don't have to worry about it. Um, well, it might be with the chain of command version, but uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, right. That uh, hollow projector makes a big difference because you just sort of advance up the field. Uh, so you know, if you've been hanging out in our Discord, which you totally should, latenightwargames.com, there's a link to it. Uh, Frank went on a tear about how awesome the Lujuan is because of hollow projector, and the same goes for this guy, except his BS is higher and he hits a lot more like a truck. Yeah, I mean, a, a surprise shot damage 16, BS 14, AP, HMG. Yep. Like, yes, what please. else do you need? Right, exactly. And the model is super cool. Yep. Um, we saw the Santiago changes with Starmada. Yep. But to, to recap those, they're still really cool. They still mm-hmm. have 360 visor, which was their, their kind of like signature yep. piece of equipment back in the day. Um Okay, in close combat, MA1, so they're kind of they're missing that MA2, but they have a base CC23. So they're they're, you know, do, they're, they're halfway there anyways. They're they're there to to bully people, right, who are bad yeah. at CC. Uh that shouldn't be your primary plan with them for sure. Uh they no, certainly won't no, take no, no. on a CC specialist, but uh they can they can handle, you know, a fusilier just fine. Yeah, and uh, being a wild card means you can put him in any link. You can use his pad out links that can't actually get to five, like the Knights of uh, Santiago. Or not, um, Teuton Knights. Sorry. Mm. Um, yeah, they have a lieutenant specialist option. So every, uh, yeah, every one of them is a specialist of some sort, either yep. by being a hacker or, or a specialist operative, just yep. straight up. Yep. Uh, I mean, the, I got to say, combat. the Spitfire version has all the toys that I like. It's got nanopulsar D-chargers and EM grenades and some sort of gun. The gun right. is relevant. The fact that the Spitfire makes it even better. But, you know, it's right around chucking, chucking EM grenades at Fizz 13. Let's do it. I'm all about that. Yeah, I mean, uh, a wild card Tinbot, which, you know, as we now know, works against Fairware. Mm-hmm. Like they're, they're just, they're, what they are really is that they're, they're a, a utility piece. You can put them in, they can fit in any unit. They can provide whatever utility you need. They can give you some extra. They can give you some Spitfire support while also providing Fizz 13 EM grenades and a specialist. Right. What do you, you think they, about they, the uh, the lieutenant profile having zero swick in comparison to somebody like Joan who gives additional swick for so a similar-ish still, price? But so the Joan that gives swick 
has a multi-rifle. Right. So this is a zero-swick Spitfire. Mm-hmm. So it is still giving you one and a half SWC by taking it. In a right. Way. Um, for me, I don't often hit the SWC cap with military orders, but I might more often because somehow I never noticed that the mine layer Trinitarian is also a Ford Observer. That's the thing. So, so that like the zero the zero SWC lieutenant has become much more interesting to me uh, as of today. <laughs> Let's go look at that guy. Yeah. So speaking of new things, Trinitarian tertiaries tertiaries are rad. They're the second cheapest, um, second cheapest TO camo infiltrator specialist in the game. What's cheaper? Or, or the, is it cheaper than the Clipsos? Yeah, Clipsos is twenty five. Oh well, there we go. It's the cheapest one. For some reason, I thought the Eclipse was like twenty-two. No, because no. because Tahar OP. Um, so yeah, cheapest TO camo infiltrating specialist in the game. Boom, like done. It doesn't even matter what the rest of it is. Yeah, right. If that's all that, that, it did, if all, if all qualified. it did as a as an arm to push buttons and it was a TO specialist, yeah, it'd be fine. But yeah. no, it has more because yes. it's not just a specialist operative. It's a Ford Observer, which is cool because that matters for classified objectives. It means it comes with the flash pulse. It has mines. It has D charges, which yep. has been relevant in every game you and I have played with them. <laughs> yeah, so it means that if you're playing Mind Wipe, you've already got an infiltrating specialist up, you know, with TO up near yep. the enemy's zone to go do that. If you're playing against, if you're playing looting and sabotaging, yep. you're covered there. I mean, I think I forget whether it was mind wipe or looting and sabotaging, but basically, I think it must have been mind wipe because you basically won the game with just this guy. Like the yeah. rest of the army was just cheerleading for this guy. He just like walked up, pushed the yeah, button, okay, recamoed, yeah. and then like walked in, like decharged the crap out of my server. It was like, okay, game over. I'm like, that, that was right. it. I mean, one of the things I liked about military military orders before was the total availability of TO camel infiltrating specialists. Sure. Uh, through the the the, the old uh, order sergeants profiles, mm-hmm. so lost total availability, but still have three, which is plenty. I mean, but and... they are exclusive, right? You can't get these anywhere else. Oh, they're not in vanilla at all. They are not. Oh, damn. Yeah. Military orders is fancy. Extra spicy. Extra. <laughs> um, and yeah, that mine layer profile, I also freaking love. Uh, yeah. It's how many points is it over the regular? So it's one point more than the boarding shotgun. And you in, of course, the swick. Yeah. But yeah, picking up mine layer in the midfield, like military orders has a real midfield now, basically because of them. They didn't before. So yep. big game changer, yep. just in the Trinitarians. Yeah. Boarding shotgun, though. I mean, like, yeah, SMG can suppress, but boarding shotgun makes them so much more dangerous in the midfield against stuff that doesn't have templates because mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. you can just like straight up shoot that like shoot them with the template version template mode and then not worry about getting shot back on neg six effectively because you know yeah plus three minus three probably um, and yeah S- smgs can go suppress the fire but this is like you're giving the exact reason why yeah we might not rate that as highly because it's like cool suppression fire and well here comes the boarding shotgun <laughs> I mean, like it's it's. I guess it really boils down to tools, right? Um, I think templates are a tool that I enjoy more than suppression. 
just because mm-hmm. I find mm-hmm. it more generally useful. I mean, one counters the other. Right. More or less. So there's that. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I, I might even consider doing something like templating a thing in suppression with this guy from cover. Um, oh, yeah. Feel, feel reasonable at my chances for survival at, at their negative nine, effectively, because I'm presumably in cover. Uh, I can neg 12 you and template you. I mean, that's the thing. So, tough to tough to think about. Um, yeah. Well. Um, what else? Weird. So yeah, we lost uh, lost magisters. Yep, but gained lost magisters. But they two tons mushed together. They basically rolled onto two tons. They they took the yeah they took the parts that you liked about magisters. They took the parts that you liked about two tons, and you know mushed them together. The only downside is we you know there's no more explosive close combat weapon. Maybe this is a better view. Maybe I don't know. Sure. I don't know what is going on. Um, but yeah, so there's no explosive close combat weapon anymore, which is a little bit of a bummer. But that was kind of a um, that was that kind was of just a niche a fun to have. Piece. Yeah. The uh, I yeah the really big thing here for me actually is that the lieutenant is the cheapest lieutenant option in the army. Sure. So for your cheapest lieutenant option it is a two wound heavy infantry, not the end of the world. Yep, and it will shotgun somebody that comes after it. Yep, they're fast. They picked up that sixty move. They dodge three inches on seventeens. So they don't have smoke. They just dodge like they had smoke. Right. Yep. It's pretty pretty nice. cool. And then what else? Oh, uh, Mendoza. <laughs> yeah, there's that guy too. He is he is horrible. <laughs> and by horrible, I mean terrifying. He has all the things. Everything is on fire. He throws fire grenades at your face. <laughs> right. Yeah. Throw. Yeah. Exactly. Fire grenades at your face with his fire shotgun or his fire damage fourteen multi rifle. Yep. Fire pistol. Fire DACCW. Don't forget the fire pistol. Yeah, don't forget. Yeah, don't forget the fire pistol, and he's gonna start in your face, and he's got ODD to boot. He's on fire. Uh, do two tons still lack cubes? Yes, they do. They do not have cubes. No, no, uh, little triple man icon thing there. Oh yeah, huh? They don't have cubes still. So that's the thing. So that matters for doctoring, which is actually interesting because it's one of the things this army does well. Also for substituting. Yeah, that was the, their whole thing, right? Is they didn't have cubes. So they they could go punch avatars. Mm-hmm. Hence the explosive close combat weapon. I'm okay. Yeah, I think it's. But fine. I mean, yeah, Mendoza is an OD. Basically, he's an ODD hospitaler knight with fire everything. Yep. Like, well, and berserk and dodging on sixteens. Yeah, I think I think he's a real monster. He you pay for him though. He's almost sixty points. So yeah, uh, I don't think he's an auto include, but he's definitely no. something that I would definitely consider. Um, picking up yeah. and just throwing him in my list, but it does it does leave a, a fair chunk of points, you know, tied up in his in his very beefy body. Right, and then so the other totally new thing is going to be that knight commander, which is fine. I I have not taken him. I have not felt any inclination to take it, but some people apparently really like it. Yeah, I mean, you're effectively taking it for the, the lieutenant plus one order. Sure, right, and then you general. can use that with 
with either the Teuton NCO or the um, the uh, Holy Sepulchre NCO. Right, right. But, I mean, I feel like he's there to make the IA players who also play MO happy. Right. I don't think that's ever going to happen. Um, well, sure. That's a that's a flawed <laughs> sentence construction if there ever was one. But nevertheless, I I, uh, I think that's sort of like, that's where he sits for me. Um, he's fine. I think uh, respectable CC situation to go with his shiny sword that he stabbed into the ground. Uh, right. Not amazing, but not terrible. Um, yeah, I think it's fine. You could surprise somebody with that shotgun, but then why are you doing that? I don't think you should. <laughs> you should be surprise, Lieutenant. Oh wait, surprise! Don't kill me, Anna. Um, yeah. So those are you know those are the units that were added. The fire teams really changed quite a bit, and yeah. this is really these are actually even though there are totally new units out of the army, I think the more drastic changes were actually in the the uh, the fire team compositions. Yeah. Do you want to talk so, about the croziers real quick? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, croziers are basically uh, order sergeants. Yes, just, just slightly cheaper. Um, yeah, they moved over basically. They moved over a couple of the profiles that were in order sergeants previously. Yep. into this profile. So the MSV2 Spitfire was an old order sergeant profile. Um, the the new hotness, though, is that Crozier with combi rifle, Blitzen, and EM mines. Yep, you like, know I've got well, my eye on that guy. <laughs> that is that is what I want. Yep, has the things that I like. And, yeah, so Obiscus uh, is saying that the Machinist now has interesting gear. The military orders, they have their own special one. That's why he picked up armor-piercing mines. Yeah, and so for a while, he couldn't join any fire teams, right? That was one criticism yeah. before all the N4 changes. Um, but now he can. He can hang out with order sergeants and croziers. Um, yeah, AP mines is, is a is an interesting bit of kit for a machinist to have. Um, I guess you sort of run around your link uh, to, to uh, defend the tag that you just picked back up, right? That's the thing you can do. Right. I mean, and AP mines are gross. You know, like a regular mine, a lot of heavy infantry, like whatever, I've got like a 60% chance to, to ignore it on my way through, or even like, you know, 50% chance on armor three ones. Right. And, but suddenly when it's, when it's an AP mine, like that's a whole different bargain. Mm-hmm. They have to think about that. Like, I don't want my tag to lose, you know, one of its three precious wounds for a freaking mine. Yeah. <laughs> So yet another thing to send a hell out after. Yep. So uh, going back to fire teams, actually, I'm going to say kind of fire teams availability, because the reason why you play sectoral is because of those two things, um, yes. it, it, from a from a functional perspective. So uh, as you mentioned, the trinitarians are only in military orders, and trinitarians are bonkers good. Mm-hmm. So there's a strong reason. And then the other thing is, yeah, like I said, these fire teams. So uh, to start off. They picked up some wild cards. The Knight of Santiago is wild card. And they can also duo. The Knight of Justice, which is the new fancy name for the Father Knight, is hot is a wild card, which is cool because now you get your biggest, beefiest guy wherever you want. Um Infirmer is also wild card. You can get a doctor wherever you want it. And Constantinos is um what's it called? Profile. FTO. There we go. Profile is also a wild card. So None of those are cheap <laughs> to, to kind of throw wherever you want. But, I mean, most things uh, in MO aren't cheap. No, right? Exactly. 
So the Knight of Santiago means that you'll be able to put a, uh, a tin bot anywhere you need it, a killer hacker anywhere you need it, while the Knight of Justice means you can put a really beefy dude with a Spitfire, Spitfire or missile launcher or as a Ford Observer um, or just, I think they get a multi-rifle also. I've never taken one without a big gun. <laughs> they get combi but rifles only. Combi rifles, okay. Well, yeah. so you're missile, probably not taking Spitfire or combi rifle. I don't know what kind of justice you can bring with a combi rifle. The best kind of justice at 16 inches. <laughs> so, yeah, no, the, uh, yeah, so you've got those for your, your uh, wild cards. And then we go to the individual fire teams. So hospitalers have the most flexible link options. They are core. They can include one order sergeant, which is a great way to bring the, the point cost down a bit. Um, the Furzen counts as a Hospitaller. They can create a special Crusade link, which is basically Joan is um, a snob and will only link with other Knights of Hospitaller. Mm -hmm. So you can, that's what the Crusade fire team basically is. Yep. Um, and then Knights of Hospitaller can also Harris and they can also duo. Is that right? Yeah. You... Yep. Okay. I was like, wait, I see Harris. I see Core. It's not in the order I want it to be in. There it is, duo. So they can link in all the ways. Uh, you can take a, also you can do a duo specifically, I believe, with a Knight of um, Hospitaller Knight. And was it the, uh... oh my God, what was it? Um, the Knight of Justice, I think. Yep, yep. It says right at the bottom. Yeah, it was just kind of a, a redundant. It's a bit note. redundant, but I think I think basically what it's saying is that uh, because hospitalers don't have, right? It, it's kind of awkward because you can have a hospitaler duo, right? Yeah. That uh, Knight of Justice can join because they're a wild card, or you can have a Knight of Justice duo that the hospitaler is allowed to join, but only for Knight of Justice. It ends up being the exact same situation, and it's kind of like not all that relevant, but it's there. Right. It's, it's, like, it's, it's just like a weird special card. casing thing. Yeah. So either way, um, yeah, high-end hospitalers, so those, those are your, your big, uh, I guess the most common links, or at least very common links. When people want to have their, their big link of you know, Death Star, that's yep. where you're going to get it. So Teutons are kind of in an interesting place because they're only availability three, mm -hmm. but they're core. Well, hang on. Before we move on from the oh, Hospitallers, I do want to yeah. mention that they're Frenzy. Oh, right, right, right. And so uh, it's just them, the Santiago, and Joan. Or Frenzy. Yeah. So you think that doesn't matter because they're usually in a fire team, but I've definitely seen uh, Hospitaller HMG paste face with that impetuous order. I mean, a yeah. BS-14 HMG, even though the opponent is not, you know, having to deal with the cover penalty for shooting, uh, will still murder things real good. Um, and so that's definitely something to think about. You may want to let them off the leash and let them go murder stuff uh, solo. That's, that's, I've seen a lot of... Uh, um, that's, that's an interesting thought, because when do you check yeah. that state? You check it at the end of the turn in the state. You check phase. it during this during the state's phase. I believe so. Yes. So you could you could drop link, and then for anyone that has killed someone, have them go frenzy. Yeah, that's, that's not thing. a bad idea. Yeah. Okay, so back to Teutons. Yep. 
They're availability three, but they can core. They can add an order sergeant to their fire team, which gets them up to four members. Then you throw in one of the four wild card options for your fifth member to, to core them out if you want to go five. Um, I don't know if I would. I don't know if I would always. I don't know if I'd go for a five man with them. But they can also Harris, so you can get your three man right there. Yeah. I mean I've I've seen I've seen them played as a five uh well back when they were magisters, I saw five man magisters a lot because they were cheap, right. right? Um I mean I think it's I think it's still viable to do. Yeah. But um, I, I, I do feel like uh the impetuous is a feature, not a bug, right? And you right. wanna you wanna leverage that. Um there's a lot of really great profiles in there that, that work well as an impetuous troop. I mean, even just the, the light shotgun Panzerfaust. Yep. He could do a lot of work for 19 points. Mm-hmm. Uh, other, co- other links they get, the, the crosshairs, which are the new replacements for the order sergeants. Um, they're kind of a, you know, they're light infantry core. Mm-hmm. But in this army with the wild card Santiago's justices, it means that they're, they're kind of body, they can be bodyguards for a big guy. I mean, really, they're just, I mean, if you look at things like, uh, I don't know, last army that I played that had this is Merovingia. Right, so you have eight point metros, and you can throw in like an actual BS thirteen gun with arm three in the form of a Moblo, right? Yeah. So the same same general idea. You take a bunch of cheap Kurziers, uh, back up your your uh, beefy guy with the Blitzen, Blitzen EM mines fellow, uh, and then shoot stuff with the BS fourteen Father Knight. Right, oh, sorry, and they still Knight have of a lot of flexibility. Um, still, still gonna say Father Knight for a while. I know, right? It's gonna it's just gonna happen. Yeah. But, so they have a little bit of extra flexibility where you can add order sergeants into the yeah. crosshair link, just as many as you want. Mm-hmm. Um, you can add a knight commander. You can add a Blackfire FTO, which is either the HRL or the multi-rifle profile. Yeah. Or you can throw in specifically the MO machinist. So you have to right. you have to take the AP mine version to do it. Oh, no. Right? Shoot. <laughs> I'm so sad about that. Um, I mean, it matters if you need two points, but... So there, you know, there was a lot of complaint. I feel like early when the army came out that they lacked wild card, but I think they they only have a couple wild card options. They are expensive, but a lot of their links have a lot of inbuilt flexibility. Yes, there's a lot of link so, redundancy. So we'll talk about this more, I guess, when we go through the unit breakdown. But yeah, uh, I've I've seen you do this. I've seen other people think about this on in, in like discords and stuff. Take either uh, two, three, three model links like a Harris and a three a three model core, or you do like five model and then one standout, right? So just like refill the link in case somebody goes down. This is a natural thing to do if you have like an ARO thing in your link you expect to die. You can fill it back up to the full five and then go on a rampage, that kind of thing. So that's a, that's a thing that can happen. Um, yeah. Also, Bulleteers, right? That's the thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. So Bulleteers can duo. Mm-hmm. And I think the correct answer here is to duo with something that's wild card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially something that needs the gun. Right. Yeah, so like a, a bulleteer dragging up a Knight of Santiago up the table. Yeah, it's definitely like the, not the hacker a, a version. bad idea. Yep, seems good. And it also extends the hacking radius a little bit too. Yep. Yeah, because it's a repeater. Mm-hmm. So you can move that guy up the corner, hack through it with the same action or within the same order. Wow, look at mm-hmm. that. Um, heavy gear <laughs> curves. Um and then the so the last the last unit that's going to be we're talking about fire teams really quick are just the order sergeants. Sure. So order sergeants, um, we'll, you know, we'll also definitely touch on them more when we go through the unit breakdown. But they can Harris, 
They can be included in crosshairs. You can throw one of them in a hostile tower or two tom link, or you can throw a machinist into the order charges. They can only Harris now, but given you can add any number of them to crosshairs, you're yeah, it's totally fine for them yeah. if you wanted. They only have basically three profiles now, plus the same three with Oxbot. Um, so obviously the Oxbot ones can't link anyways. And right. so the three standard profiles are a combi profile. There we go. A combi profile, a HRL, and a hacker. Yeah. Um, and then the same ones, just Oxbots. Yep. Hint. The, the hacker. That's where it's at. So They're all good. They're really good. I mean, yeah, even the combi. It's, yeah. it's a more expensive... Um, um, brain farting Auxilia. Name now. Auxilia, thank you. Yeah. So some general list building notes, uh, basically my takeaway from playing a few games with them is mm-hmm. that I don't go for I don't necessarily go for five man cores. You know, I've done it a couple times and it's it's rad having, you know, your stupid high DS um father or not father night uh, night of justice out there with the burst yep. five spitfire, like that's great, but it's so many points it's hard to i find that it's actually hard to support the rest of my army yeah i think i think that's the the main key here right so the reason why you want five models in a link is to get the two bonuses six cents and uh plus three bs right and most of the stuff in pano already starts off at stupidly high bs right most of the things you would be shooting with are at least bs 14. yeah Right, it's not at least BS thirteen. It's fourteen, right? Because we're talking about Pano now. So you don't really need the plus three BS in addition to all the other bonuses. The only thing that you kind of miss out on is the six cents. Um, yeah. So that's that's a bit of a bummer. But most of the stuff in there is pretty beefy and can just and like that. Uh, that stuff that would affect you, like surprise shot or something like that. Um, you can cancel out with your Pano, Pano BS, so it's fine. And, and back to your other point about them being a little bit more on the expensive side, because even if you're even if you're like link padding with cheap stuff like Crozier's, um, the extra couple of points over something like a Metro, right? So like you will probably pad the 13 point Blitzen guy. So versus a Metro, right? That's five points that you're that you're paying in addition to get all the other stuff. And really, you're just filling out the link. You're getting more kit, but you're just trying to bump the the, uh, the Knight of Justice of three, yeah. three BS. There you go. I, I almost did it. Um, and what that means is you've got a huge chunk of points and models clustered up in one corner. Um, and the issue that I feel like MO has is that it has a lot of beefy threats. You don't necessarily need to beef them up even more. Mm-hmm. Having the same number of beefy threats, but in all of the places is probably better than having like one extra extra beefy piece, you know, that's sort of that's right. sort of my take on it. Yeah, and that's also you know, so that's kind of why this three man core works. Also, mm-hmm. I don't I don't always go for fifteen models. Sure. I you know if it's convenient, sure. Um, but if I can drop, you know, like a lot of people like take the the tech B and a war core and the, the it, you know, your flash pulse bot, just all the cheap stuff you can to fill out the list because you could use command tokens to convert those later. Or you've got Joan yep. or something, but mm-hmm. if I can if I can spend the the five points I'd spend on the tech be like beefing up another model, I'd rather do that in this army. Um, I don't think that fifteen orders every game is the most efficient way to play. Uh, if it takes you twice as many orders to do something because you took less effective and efficient miniatures, then are right. you really benefiting from that extra order? You know. Um, 
this also I mean, is there's there's a balance there, right? Like yeah, I think a lot yeah. of this boils down to playstyle and and uh, comfort level with various tools. I am, I mean, both of us come from from at the game from like we want more tools as opposed to like more orders. Um, yeah. But uh, I think MO definitely has made me think carefully about not wanting to pad it all the way out. Sure, sure. Um, and then, so the the really the way I I've kind of looked at this army is that you've got your heroes and you've got their their buddies, right? right? You've got you've got the, the the champions and the retinue. Or actually, what works really well is you have the knights and you have the squires, mm-hmm. right? So you you have access to all these really big honking tools, but it, you can really run out of points quickly. I don't think that you want to play this army at ten orders necessarily. Um, 12 to 13 is kind of my my specific sweet spot, which means I'm going to take three like stars of the army and then have the rest of the army there for support. Right, why don't they have squires slash pages? I think that's... Yeah, that's what the crozias are, right? I think that's what they are, yeah. So, yeah, you, you kind of have... Yeah, this is the boss and his buddies to go do the thing. So this also works well with the three-man cores, right? Yep. So you can take a three-man core, three-man Harris. You've got a dude with a gun. You've got a couple of pals to back him up. And you can go to the table with that, right? You can take a, a Hospitaller core of a Hospitaller HMG, a Infirmer, and a Order Sergeant. There's your three-man core. You're not paying for three heavy infantry. You have a doctor. You have an HMG. What do you need? Yep. <laughs> You're good to go. And then the other thing is don't ignore the little guys. It's really easy to get like heavy infantry blind. <laughs> like, yep. oh my god, all this power armor. Uh, you know, um, got the swords everywhere. But they have some really effective tools in their in their light infantry, even. Mm-hmm. You know, so that that crosshair with Blitzen and EM mines is an absolute jerk for thirteen points and can do a lot of damage. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to spend a couple orders on that. You know, if you yep. can spend an order to throw your linked burst two Blitzen at a tag, do that it. sounds good to me. Right. Yep. Or, you know, spend a couple orders throwing EM mines around to ruin some heavy infantry's line of advance at the table. Like, sounds good to me. Do do those things. It's yeah, it's it's just too easy to, to over focus and overextend what your heavy infantry are capable of and easily too easy to ignore uh, what your lighter models can do. So those are just kind of some of my, my guiding principles when I approach the army. But let's Let's uh, maybe really quickly um, go through some of the the units, right? So from the top, I would say, you know, for heavy infantry, because this is heavy infantry, the draw to the faction, it's everything else that I think makes the faction work, though. So uh, right away, Knights of Hospitaller, they're big, chonky, tanky jerks. Yep. They've got the magical martial arts level two, which makes them in close combat. They've got BS-14 with good guns, with multi-rifles, with HMGs. I guess combi rifles too, boarding shotguns. Um, they're, this is going to be your standard heavy infantry link if you take them. I would avoid taking five of them unless you're doing something specifically fun or you've practiced a lot with that list. Yes, yes. One really interesting unit in here to me, though, is that four deploy 8-inch boarding shotgun. Like, that's that's different. You don't mm-hmm. you don't play you don't really play against other armies with arm four BS fourteen shotguns in the midfield. 
Yeah, that doesn't show up very often. And one of the most frustrating things now, as somebody who really enjoyed um, playing asymmetrically with camo tokens in the midfield and like getting the jump on things like this and having an opportunity to stack camo and cover and maybe surprise shot to cancel out boarding shotgun rolls, uh, you yeah. can't do that anymore. So there's no more like sneaking up on a on a knight and being like, "What are you gonna do against this chest?" Or am I gonna shoot you? Am I gonna flame through? What's gonna happen? Uh, and you're like, "I just template you, and you can do whatever you want." Yeah, I'm like, but I don't care. Shoot me in the face right here. I'm yeah, gonna... but but I don't I don't I don't want that. I want you to make a bad decision. It's like, yeah, I'll survive. <laughs> right. It's not great. Oh. So what's funny is that of all of the heavy infantry, I've actually think I've run hospitalers the least uh, sure. in our game so far. And it's not because they're bad, but it's because there's so much cool stuff. Um, well, I think I think the other thing is that you and I tend to be like, oh, I know what this does. I know where it slots in. This makes sense. I figured it out. And yeah. what, what other thing is interesting and would make me think a little bit about it, its use on the table. And so yeah. uh, the fact that it's so bog standard, reliable, dependable good uh, is kind of a turnoff, I think, for us. Right. It, it does everything that it does well. Yeah. The end. It is it is the the equivalent of a space marine in Infinity. It's great. So, um, speaking of more interesting profiles, though, that Knight of Santiago, mm-hmm, as we talked about before, this thing is weird. It's yep. weird and it's good. Um, it's still pretty tanky with the Arm Four. Does lose some BTS over the Hospitaller. Mm-hmm. Not quite as good in close combat, but it, that's not hugely relevant. Welcome to Infinity. Um, yep. Really what it is, it's whatever you need in that link, it can fill. So yes. it's fine to put in a heavy infantry link to provide the killer hacker support as well as the tin bot support. But I think that it's also really damn good to throw in a uh, throw in an order sergeant link. Yeah. Right to fill that out. Throw in a Teuton link. Because it brings a you know, brings another good gun. I guess you can still get the Teuton NCO Spitfire, so you want that instead. But it's I'm- I mean, there's Whatever something to be said for for running it as a so uh, running it as a um, a solo uh, striker piece right by itself because it, it yeah. is completely self-contained. It has an answer to just about everything. It has got a Spitfire, which answers uh, bullets, as Chainsaw loves to say, just more bullets will solve the problem, right? So it has that in spades with the BS14 Spitfire. It's got a template weapon, so it can intuitive attack if it needs to. EM grenades for dealing with like really high armor threats um, and decharges for special for uh, for objectives and stuff. Um, yeah, it's great. You and know, I was thinking if I was to run a, a a sergeant with so if I had chain of command somewhere, yeah. either through spec ops or I'm running the um, the knight of uh, the holy Walker, mm-hmm. I would consider the Santiago for an offensive lieutenant. Sure. Yeah. It's because um, everything you just said, it can Rambo all day long. Yep. Yep. It runs at the table. It shoots some guys. It you know it, it EM grenades someone. It decharges another thing. It pushes the button like. It, it can solo games. Right. The like, one thing ooh. that I wanted to point out, though, that may be lost on some folks is the fact that it's 360 visor in this role, right? Because yeah. one of the things that you run into with solo pieces is that stuff will find an angle on you. If you yeah, push it into the you. midfield, they can cautious move behind you and shoot you. You cannot do that against the Santiago. It doesn't have yeah. a facing because it's got 360 visor, right? So um, so it's, it defends itself reasonably well. I mean, like... Stuff in the midfield that you overextend on support will die, but uh, Santiago's die slightly less because they can shoot back. So there's something to think about there. So you don't have to bring along two corner guards to watch his back. 
he's got his back by himself. Um, and then we've got a, a, a quick note in chat about uh, what do we think about limited insertion effectively. Um, so, and you're on mute, I believe. Not sure how that. I, how I did that. Yep. Yep. I don't know. Oh, because I hit the I hit the space bar. Um, I don't know if this is the army I would run a ten order a ten model army with. Um, if I did, I would probably guaranteed have the father, the knight commander, with either the NCO, um, the two, either the NCO Teuton knight or the NCO Holy Sepulcher knight. Mm -hmm. um, the the problem is when you compare it to something like Invincible Army. Invincible Army in your 10 model list can still end up with 14, 15 orders. I mean, this army doesn't have the tactical awareness. Yeah, I think the, the other thing is that uh, this army does want some help. Because, like, Pano in general suffers from um, the need to shoot itself out of its deployment zone, which it can absolutely do. Is just that's sort of the playstyle that, especially like NCA, you just like blap stuff and then walk forward. And then hope you have mm -hmm. enough orders to do the objective. Um, and I think playing um, the way you and I do, the Trinitarian is super important. Because like like I said, like we said yeah. earlier, right? The That one dude soloed mind wipe. The rest of the army might as well not have been there. It could have been like anything <laughs> with a gun that like annoyed me, right? Like it, it was completely irrelevant what the rest of Adam's list was effectively. It was just like, did the Trinitarian get there? Okay, cool, I win. Um, and... So to have a unit be that flexible and important to the game plan uh, means that I would try to slot it into a 10-order list just to be effective at doing the yeah. mission. Um, and that sort of starts to leave two problems. One is that it may wreak havoc with my points distribution, which can make list building hard, which is not insurmountable. But the real issue is that now I'm starting to eat into those 10 orders because it's hidden, hidden deployment. Mm -hmm. um, which is a problem. The other thing that um, that you can you can have an issue with is that yes, you will have something like you know maybe even more than ten than twenty wounds if you start taking tags, uh, but then everything in your army is vulnerable to EM and hacking, and you want a little bit of uh, diversity, I think. Yeah. Um, so I mean, it's doable. I think there's definitely ways to play it. I think that's probably one of the harder ways to play with MO. It's not impossible, but like we said earlier, uh, when we were talking about um, Hospitallers, if you're taking five or four plus Joan or something like that for a Crusade Fire team, either do it because you're you know doing it just to see what it's like or have fun or in, enjoy the, the ridiculousness of it all, or because you're like, you have a plan, it makes sense to you, this jives with your personal play style, and you're practicing the shit out of it. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I think that they've done a really good job differentiating military orders from Invincible Army. Yes. Like, they're they're very different armies. If you want a 10-model army where everything is in power armor, Invincible Army. Yep. That's where you go. If you want, your, if you want your, your, your badass movie hero knights leading an army, you know, basically, like, leading a war band. Yeah, right? with, like, literal that, flags waving in the breeze. Yeah. Then you go military orders. Um, but if you try to play purely heavy infantry with military orders, you're going to find yourself really low on very important tools. Yeah. Um, so that was, uh, let's see, the Knights of Santiago, right? And of course, the AD dude brings everything. Uh, it's risky because you'll probably want 
uh, Evo, but man, uh, if it lands, yeah, it's it's a killer hacker with D charges, a boarding shotgun, combat jump, multiple wounds, mines. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's forty five freaking points. Yeah, but but he's very very good. Fizz thirteen or fourteen? Thirteen around there. Thirteen. So. 65% 65% chance to land on target, 80% chance if you have the Evo and your opponent doesn't have um, the uh, the negative three. It doesn't right. have an Evo also. One one thing to remember, though, is uh, that the combat jump guy is a killer hacker and has a shotgun, and the non-combat jump guy is a killer hacker and he has a rifle. So uh, yeah. that has been an issue a few times uh, for Adam right. where he's forgotten. Um, so just pay attention to that. Um well, we chunk things all the time, right? Like, oh, killer hacker guy, he's got a rifle, moving on. Uh, they're different, yeah. so don't get caught by that. <laughs> Do not. Uh, the other big thing about having that killer hacker, you have an airborne deployed troop that also has a marker state. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Again, talking about models that can kind of, like, the Knight of Santiago is probably one of the best solo things in the game, I think. It's, it's tough. It can bring whatever equipment it needs. It can do all of the things. It can do multiple classified objectives. They're cool solo pieces. Um, yeah. Speaking of cool solo pieces, the the Knight of Holy Sepulchre is always with his two friends himself. Um, yeah. Self five. Yeah, right. Oh, Lordy coming. Like the. I really like this model of the of the big heavy hitters in military orders. I actually think this is my favorite. Um, even above the tags. So, you know, they're, they're in their 50s for points. They're not cheap. Um, but a damage 16 AP HMG on BS-14 with surprise attack is so good. Mm-hmm. He's a mini tag, basically. It's Well, so here's the thing. It's a mini tag that gets repaired by doctors that gets healed by doctors. Sure. They get stuff to an unmobilized engineers. Um, and the military orders has a lot of doctors. Knights Hospitaller are doctors. Um, the uh, infirmer of St. Lazarus is a doctor, and it's a doctor wild card, so you have doctor anywhere you want. Yep. The uh, the Crosiers bring a paramedic. So they have access to a lot of things that, that can specifically heal things with wounds. Um, I think also, yeah, there's a Mon- there's a Montessa that's a paramedic. Um, so having something big and chunky in the midfield that gets healed on, on 13s with a medikit from a crosier is rad. Yep, yep, yep. Also, it's veteran, so you can't isolate it. It's Yeah, it's veteran, you can't isolate it. Because it has those hollow, the hollow clones, you can clear mines and koalas. Right. All the deployable equipment. So it can really provide a lot of utility. Actually, really, that, that mine-clearing aspect is a very important piece of utility um, at, that you can't get, really get anywhere else. You know, you do, Like we talked about before, things like AP mines now exist. You don't want to take a mine to the face with your knights. You don't want to rely on a dodge. That's orders that you're wasting. You, just by using the, um, the Holy Spulker Knight, you're moving it up the table. You're moving it around. You just clear mines while you're at it. Mm-hmm. It's free mind clearing. 
And then, uh, let's see here. So the Teuton Knights, we touched on them a little bit. They're fast, they're choppy, they're 6'2", they're berserk. Um, oh, sorry, they're not berserk. They're not berserk anymore. They're, they're, yeah. Lost it. yeah, that's right. They're 6'2", they're martial arts too, though. So they're going to be swinging on 25s, giving the enemy negative 3. They have those DACC weapons. They hit hard. Dodging on 17s is amazing. Yep. And they're so cheap. They're so cheap. 19 points of the light shotgun Panzerfaust. I definitely, you know, the availability three, actually, so the, to me, the biggest change is the reduced availability. Because Magisters used to have availability six in military orders right. previously. And all I ever wanted to do was Joan and six Magister Knights coordinating Panzerfausts all day long. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I, so a couple of things just to tie up, right? So those of you listening to the podcast who can't read the chat, um, that is Holy Sepulchre is, uh, you know, BTS 12 with fairy dust. Uh, oh, so yeah. good luck trying to hack that guy. Uh, also it's good in close combat. So, you know, you need to, you need to worry about that if you're going to try to attack it from that, that angle as well. Um, but yeah, just wanted to, to pull in some of the great stuff that Chad is saying. So, so the podcast folks can, can, uh, enjoy that wisdom as well. If somebody moves into base contact with a hollow clone to come CC you, when is it revealed that it's a hollow clone? I don't know. Clint will know. Clint's in Clint chat. Clint will know. Um, but that sounds awful as well. Like, oh, cool, you immediately. Yeah. Well, that, it doesn't matter. It's fine. They move into close combat, and you're like, LOL. Poof. <laughs> yes, yeah, so you're not doing this during close yep. combating anything. But this guy will shoot you, who is his friend. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, Teuton Knights. Um, the Spitfire NCO is handy. Yeah, he's got stealth, too, for, for extra broken. Because why not? Um, so yeah, there's an NCO Spitfire option, which I think is just two more points than the regular one. Yep. You probably want to use that anyways. Mm -hmm. You can find two points. Yeah, you can find two points. The missile launcher. So you've had a lot of fun with Tanko missile launchers, and this is basically a, tanko a military orders Tanko missile launcher. Yep. Dodge is way better too, which is a which is a big difference. Oh yeah, the dodge on seven. Yeah, the dodge on seventeens with mm -hmm. dodging three inches. Big deal. Yeah. Teuton Knights, thumbs up. I don't, I don't know if I would link them every game. I've, I've seen some people that basically start their army with a Teuton, with a five-man Teuton link, right? So they take the Teuton, they throw in a wild card, they throw or throw in a wild card and a, um, an order sergeant. Mm -hmm. And that's, I mean, I don't think that's fine if you want a five-man link with heavy infantry in it. That is the cheapest way to do it. Yeah, quite reasonable. Yeah. And then the uh, the 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 knight of safety, the motorized knight of Montessa, helmet on a helmet. You can never be too safe. Yep. I really for me the the whole unit stops at a arm four two wound eight four move model that's a paramedic. Like tough as hell, can go do objectives. You need objectives done fast. Like done. Period. You don't need much more, but in mm -hmm. case you do want more, um, you've got the Red Fury profile, multi-rifle profile. The boarding shotgun profile is the same as the the paramedic. Yeah, it's bikes great. are really important. I think the fact that he's two wounds makes a big difference because coming out of JSA, bikes are fantastic, uh, but you generally have to wait till the board is kind of clear-ish 
before you start moving them, especially yeah. if you have stuff that doesn't have smoke support like Yojimbo and Kuroshi does. Um, yeah. But the Montessa can just tank a shot if he needs to, and it's totally fine. Bounce right off that second helmet. It's a blade of helmet armor. Uh, and then right. uh, get get the job done. So this is actually one of the few um, one of the few bikes in the game that I was hoping was going to lose Impetuous. Sure. So, so they started bringing in the non-Impetuous bikes, right, with like the Dynamos mm-hmm. and the 112. And I was hoping, I'm like, oh man, this is a great opportunity to have a non-Impetuous bike. Um, but it is. And really the reason why that's relevant is because dismounting it, to have, you know, moving up the table, dismounting, and having a, an easier to squeeze through gaps um, and easier to hide yeah. specialist. Yeah, and don't don't snooze on the uh, on the martial arts either, right? So I've had him kill an Uber fall in close combat before, which was very sad. Um, that but... Uber fall, Uber fell to your Montessa night. Um... There you go. <laughs> you can have that one. All right. So the the Knight of Justice, aka the Father Knight, but more inclusive, um, is the kind of definition of big chunky guy like this is the the most advanced power armor i think in in there in panashiana which is why it's basically like tag level armor on s2 mm-hmm. um he does it does everything right they're six two they're high cc high bs high fizz high armor high bts i mean so like before mentioned effectively bts 12 with fairy dust up like yep. good freaking luck and oh by the way do you want a bts 12 hacker because you can have that yep so why not yeah i like that the first profile listed is just the missile launcher like let's just let's just start with something fun yeah it's like did you <laughs> did you want an interventor that that can also it's, like stab you in the face and shoot you really good right like to me the missile launcher knight of justice is the knight of justice i never knew i wanted right <laughs> like well it's only bs you know, it's only burst one but it's burst two if I throw in a couple of buddies. Burst two BS fourteen missile launchers shooting up the table. Sure. Yeah, we will lock stuff down real good. I mean, you can you can have a Harris of just your Knight of Justice missile launcher and two um Teuton Knight missile launchers. And there you go. Like yep. GG. That's a, that's a thing. <laughs> Move up G- this table. You thought, you thought the taco missile launcher Harris was bad, right? <laughs> Enjoy this monstrosity. If only we could replace uh, Musashi with another missile launcher. Can we, uh. we can we make that missile launcher better? Yes. <laughs> Comes the heavy um, pistol too for extra shock. Yeah, right. For 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 shocking close combat. Well, but it is it is relevant, right? So there's a lot of stuff with dogged. Um, Especially warbands, so sure. Just being able to stop that nonsense early on is is reasonable, and you can you can consider shooting up out to sixteen uh, yeah. with that heavy pistol, and and not worry about the fact that uh, you're shooting only on fourteens. Woe is me. <laughs> so then let's see here. There's a Spitfire, which is probably the most common profile I think yeah. people take. Yeah. Um, there's that hacker I mentioned. It's a hacker with D charges, so it is heavy infantry. It's a hacker and it has D charges, which gives it quite a, a pretty good amount of classified objectives it can accomplish. There's a forward observer. For some reason, it's fine. Yep. Um, 
The only lieutenant option is the Spitfire. So that's also possibly why you see it the most frequently, because if, if yeah. you're taking, you, know, you have to take a lieutenant, and if you're taking this guy, it's like, well, might as well make him the boss. And you can make it. You can make the uh, if if you if you were afraid your Spitfire wasn't close enough, you can make it start four four inches. Man, if that Ford deployment one was also lieutenant, I would le- I would probably take that more. But yeah. it is a discounted Spitfire when you take that version for some reason. It's half a swipe cheaper when you start in plus three range. It's a whopping fifty points, but I mean it's only three points. One thing to note though. Yep. is that it has mountain terrain, which means that Rose City Raid, it will have oh. climbing plus on mountains. So if you there thought you it was scary, now it's climbing after you. You can't climb a tree. It's it's a bear. Get it's over get here. Yeah. So good. Yeah, Knight of Justice is rad. Probably, like I said, one of the most iconic models yeah. in the army. And that, uh, that forward deployment guy doesn't lose the ability to join a fire team either. Yep. So you could have him join two... Uh, hospitalers that are in your midfield eight inches up. Can that guy do the thing? He is a wild card. Oh, yeah. Look at that. Boom. <laughs> and that's I actually mean, interesting, right? Like, take that duo. That's a boatload of points. No, that's but take take that duo, right? Like 122 a... points. Oh, as a duo. Oh, as yeah, a duo. Right? Like, look at this. Look at this nonsense. Oh, a duo. Right? So for 86 points and one swick. You get this in your midfield. That's gross. And plus, plus, you know, a handful of Trinitarians. Yeah, this is this is mo secret secret menu stuff. Oh my god, I really, I really want to try the double hospitaler boarding shotgun with the Knight of Justice in the midfield, though. Just for absolutely like playing something like <laughs> Frontline. <laughs> this is mine now. You can't have it. <laughs> I've got a, I've got a hundred points to get the fuck out right yep. here. <laughs> Pretty much. So, so speaking of iconic models, yeah, um, Joan of Arc has had many of them. Yes. <laughs> so there's there's two two profiles for Joan of Arc. There's the the classic Joan of Arc, and the the faster, lighter Joan of Arc 2.0. So standard Joan of Arc is a beefcake. Uh, we we really discovered this in our in our close combat, uh, immortal combat, where we realized that she's like second in close combat to the game behind um, Achilles. Mm-hmm. Like really, really very close. Yep. So terrifying close combat, a, D- a BS-15 multi-rifle that has plus one damage. It's plus one damage on all of her weapons, BS weapons. I don't know why she has a regular pistol. They should have given her a heavy pistol. Come on, guys. Robbed. Um, An HMG hand cannon. Right. I mean, really, the reason why you're taking here, though, is inspiring leadership, which turns yep. off your irregular orders regular, which basically means that your your tech B and your war core give you two regular orders for eight points. Is what that is. That's it's a cool ability. You also get the free uh, the free coordinated order every turn, which mm. when you're when you're a big brain player, you can actually push those really far. So she is. It's funny because inspiring leadership does give you that kind of. Um, generalship nuance to the army, yes. but she's also a beat stick. Yes. Um, I've seen it sort of backfire, though, because sometimes you... you. I mean, this happened to Eric when he was playing Vanilla Pano a lot. He took Joan and then like built his list around inspiring leadership, and I think mm-hmm. missed out on some good choices. Uh, like, he didn't take any of the Tinbot profile 
uh, sorry, the Oxbot profiles, order sergeants, for example, uh, for that reason, because so they can't take part in the coordinated order. Um, but that actually would have done a lot to save him. Uh, we'll talk yeah. more about that yeah. in a little bit. But yeah, so so inspiring leadership is good. Uh, think about how you use it in your list. Don't make it central to your strategy because you, then you can't adapt, right? So just like anything else in Infinity. Yeah, I believe the phrase that Joel, who is watching, taught me with this was tripping over your own dick. Like, yeah. I've got this really good idea, and it's getting all over the place. So yeah. don't do that thing. Joan is monstrous, though, the armor five. Yep, so the, the mobility version, she picks up an extra two points on her. So she switches from 4-4 four, four to 6-2. Mm -hmm. Armor goes down by two points. She, she found her gun. Yeah. Uh, she picks up a Spitfire. Picks up total uh, total terrain and dodges an extra two inches. Um, she's speedy. She's, she is speedy. I've used her pretty effectively as a solo piece as well. And she she does she does work. I've also killed her with Ada. So yeah, I've uh, killed her. I've killed her with a chasseur in one burst. <laughs> so why you got why you got to one up me? Uh. Seems like that kind of show, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think I think uh, the the way the the best way of putting it is uh, what what Clint said. Also, Joan can die, and she does yes. often. Um, yeah, she has a big target painted on her back because if you were using her, I don't know why you wouldn't take the lieutenant option, right? Because of all the bonuses. Right. Um, so if she's there, uh, people are going to be gunning for her literally. So. And really, that's I mean, that's always a problem when you have an offensive lieutenant choice, right? Is like this thing has a lot of cool things for me to go kill you with, but it's also kind of important for me to keep alive. Mm -hmm. So be careful with that, but otherwise you'll be fine. The next up, we got the Furzen. The Furzen. He is still really, really cool. Um, because hacking devices got nerfed. His assault hacker with Trinity got better. Yep. In comparison, so he is now a pretty damn decent killer hacker. I mean, Good I armor. think I think that basically sums it up, right? Like, yeah, he has all he has the best of both worlds, uh, BTS six to really make it happen, um, and he's got a Spitfire. What a great what a great profile. Yeah, there's not really like I don't know what what there's not anything really to complain about him. He can shoot well, he can fight well, he's got a good close combat weapon, he's yep. a good hacker. Um, it, it really is one of these pieces that, again, this is a fantastic solo piece in an army. Mm -hmm. He can go get work done. Great turn three lieutenant, getting some, I mean, he can do all the things, push the buttons, hack the stuff, get the classified. Um, yeah, he is missing a template that's relevant sometimes. Fair, um, fair. But I mean, with the rest of the kit you have, it's really not that much of a loss. Well, you have access to all the stuff. But it, well, it's all really important that he's a he's a stealth hacker and a stealth heavy infantry. Yeah. So I think he gets overlooked a little bit by Joan because when you're starting to pay fifty points for a lieutenant, you start looking at you know the 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 famous one, right? But mm. being a specialist is really important. Being a good hacker is also pretty damn helpful. Mm -hmm. So he can he can sneak through those zones. He can hack where he wants to. He can defend himself well from hacking. Um, I think he is a little bit, possibly a little bit better of a solo piece than Joan, because yeah. when you're 
when you're putting orders into Joan, you're only putting orders into killing stuff. But he is mean. So uh, speaking of mean, Mendoza. Talked about him before, touched on him again. Holy cow. It's a lot of continuous damage over there. Yeah, so continuous damage basically is what fire damage is now. Yeah. So it's for his CC attack and his BS attack. So in close combat, he's berserking you at plus three and then another plus three with martial arts. Yep. With a DA close combat weapon. So he's 28. Swinging on 28s. And if he hits you, you'll take two saves. And if you fail either of those... You're on fire and burning. You continue taking saves, right? Yeah. Gross. If you you crit, you take one more save. But I believe that one more save is not continuous. Yeah, I believe that's correct. Yeah. That's ugly. Mm Mm-hmm. That's ugly. Super, super he, gross. He's going to burn you the fuck down. So the one thing that I kind of wish he had was a nanopulsor. Right. So one of the things that's really... I mean, like, whip 13 is respectable, especially because, you know, be wandering around the midfield because he's he's going to start up four... Eight, sorry. He's going to start ages up. I'm a little confused why they did just put four deployment plus eight in his stat line, but anyway. <laughs> right. I don't know. Come Maybe on. they're going to add to his, his profile list eventually. Who knows? Maybe we'll get an FTO profile. That'd be interesting. Um, also scary, very scary. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> like I, I kind of, I kind of wish he also had the ability to an intuitive attack. Cause he seems like well-designed to dominate the midfield and go after right. camo skirmishers. Um, and just the ability to be like, Oh, I failed my discover. I guess I'll just shoot nano bees at you until you come out of hiding. Seems real good. Um, yeah. Um, Dodging around corners is great, right? So you roll up to a corner, dodge around the corner, and then just like dive in with Berserk. That's super rude. Um, he's also a great candidate for first turn suppression if you want to do that. Um, yeah, super, super solid. Uh, can take apart most things in the midfield, like I said, uh, but we'll have a little bit of trouble discovering stuff. Um, I mean, add him to the list of things that you can have in the midfield military orders that people really don't want to see in the midfield. Yeah. Well, I mean, like if you, if you have him hang out with, uh, with Constantinos, right. Then you can solve your discover problem. And sure, then like sure. sick Mendoza on them. Right. Cause Constantinos has got MSV two and all that. That's the I thing thinking, to think about. I mean, I was thinking he could hang out with those hospitaler knights and the, uh, <laughs> yes, that too. That too. I mean, like you don't need that much beef in the midfield though. That's too much beef. Dude, all the beef, all get the, the time. meat sweats. <laughs> That's you can put a stupid amount of stuff in the midfield, which is so funny because this is not, and maybe this is actually an inter, uh, interesting differentiator between them and Invincibles, right? Is that I mean, so Invincibles get you know, Invincibles aren't without midfield, right? Because they get the Zencho of the Hulong, mm-hmm. um, but like the Zencha is, you know, it's a two wound infiltrator. Is kind mm-hmm. of what it is, right? It's not really a terrifying piece, and the Hulong's a bit scarier. Um, but like, you could really fill the midfield with some horrible, scary things in military orders, unlike what you could do in the uh, in Invincible Army. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like, it's it's you know, it's it's absolutely true. You can you can play 
uh, a very midfield heavy MO. And that's probably the way I'll, I'll approach it myself. Cause I, I hate links as everybody knows. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think um, he's, he's definitely a, a thing to consider if you want to dominate the midfield, especially if you want his, to have his, uh, his friends hanging out with him forward to play yeah. as well. Very nice. So let's get on to medium infantry. I think there's only three of them. We've got the Crusader brother. It's a you know it, it's an airborne deploy troop. Multi rifle light flamethrower. Yep, it does OMG. airborne deploy things. Give me that I thing. Think it's, I think it's paying a lot of points for the um, for the Arm Three BTS Three. That's super relevant though. <laughs> yeah, I mean it it when it, when it saves your ass, you are thankful for it. When you're making your list, you're angry about it. Sure. Because, I mean, 31 points is a lot of points. So, True. but it is a, a BS-13 boarding shotgun or BS-13 multi-rifle or BS-13 Spitfire in the midfield right away. Yeah. It does have uh, the width, the, the fizz is a little bit low as well. Yes. So I, I, I think with the points investment, you'll most likely be walking him on with Parachutist. Yeah. Yeah, I think that is correct. Yeah. And then we have the Blackfriar. Love Blackfriars. Blackfriars were amazing before. Nobody ever said, you know what we need is more Blackfriars. What they gave us is an amazing, another black, another amazing Blackfriar yep. with that, that six cents HRL nanopulsar multi-pistol. Mm-hmm. Mm, gorgeous. Just because multi pistol, sure, why not? Yeah, it's just there. Like, why the only person in Panos handed to have one? Is, sure, you can have it. Why not? It's MSV two that you can throw into unit of crosshairs. Crosshairs are hugely flexible, as we talked about earlier, mm -hmm. um, which oftentimes means that this is an MSV two that you throw linked in with something else. So, John, with our silly link before of the Hospitaller, um, oh, I guess you can't really fit this in there. Never mind. Never mind. It's not wild card, but well, the the reason why this is good is because we talked about having. So this is what I was referring to earlier when I have the the sixth the sixth model out of the five the five model core, right? Um, one of the big benefits of being a, a five model link is that you get six cents. This guy doesn't need it. Yeah. Right. So it's a perfect candidate to be that that odd. The, uh, the odd model out, right? To have that extra six model somewhere, holding on down a different fire lane, maybe looking across the table at the midfield, right? We've talked about like diagonal arrows. So you, you force them to come forward before they can engage you. Um, also like facing backwards is a great thing to have with a, with a heavy rocket launcher. Um, mm -hmm. So I think this is the perfect candidate to leave out of the link. And then when somebody drops because they got shot, you throw the black fire back in and now you've got a linked five, uh, five man HRL, which is, which is, which is real great. Yeah. That burst three HRL is rad. I mean, you do, you do want to have him have plus one, plus one burst, but um, I do think that, of all the things that I would leave out of the link, he's probably the one to leave out. Yeah. If you if you want to play that way. Yeah, and I've or done that. Or you just have two, two, three, three model links. That's also fine. But if you're going to do five, have a, a filler. This is the one to take. Yeah. Yeah. Blackfire's still fantastic. This, the multi sniper is probably the least exciting of any of them, but it's still a 
FPS 13 MSV2 multi sniper. I mean, that does a lot. It does. Like, and that's, like I said, that's the least exciting. Like, shoot. It still does a ton. I absolutely love that multi rifle nano posters drop bears profile. Mm-hmm. I just like drop bears. Drop bears really are great. What it is. They're super fantastic. Why not? And Albedo is fun. Yep. All right. And then finally, on to Infirmerers. 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 Yep. One of the wildcard troopers. So they're an expensive ass doctor. They are. Which to me means if you're only doctoring with it, you're not living up to its full potential. Mm-hmm. It is also, in, in addition to being a doctor, it is a BS 13 combi rifle or boarding shotgun. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is an expensive ass doctor. Yep. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Clint. Um, so it is a BS 13 combi rifle or boarding shotgun. That's nothing to ignore. It also has a monofilament close combat weapon on CC 20. So it's not amazing CC. But what I what I think that means is that if you immobilize someone, you have an auto hit with mono. Yes. So that's what I think that is. I I wouldn't take it every time necessarily over a trauma doc. Um, but I mean, if you want to link, basically, it's like if you want to link. If you doctor, want to link a doctor, this is what you take because you just have the toolkit. It's not um, it's not a pushover. Like you can't. Uh, I, th- I think I think really the way I look at this is you put it in a link. It's not the weak member of the link because it's got BS thirteen. So you can't bully the doctor, kick, like, kill him, right. drop the link down to four, and then like, continue to pick at it. Right? You still have to break this BS thirteen linked thing. Um, and then you know if you get it close to something that's immobilized or heaven forbid a tag, you throw like one crozier in there with you, and now you're swinging twice uh, on auto hit, right? Monofilament. Yeah, tag, the tag has to respect that. Yeah, it's yeah, you can't ignore it. Yeah, and that's the thing is like you can oftentimes ignore, like you say, you can ignore a trauma doctor. Even you can yeah. bully them, you can ignore them. They don't matter. They're only there to doctor. This one can uh, put up a fight. Yeah, I mean, as Defox says, you could give him a pal bot and like run him around and, and get both of them into combat. I mean, I, that would be hilarious if you it's, did that. It's funny. Don't make that your main line of play. <laughs> like if, <laughs> no, if would... it comes, if there's if there's like a gecko that's like rolled in your deployment zone and is ruining your day, and then it switches back to your turn and there's a palbot and uh, infirmer nearby, yeah, do it. Uh, but don't like rush it up the field and be like, I'm gonna get you, Avatar. <laughs> Here I come. That would, yeah, that's that's one of those things that when it's gonna happen, it's gonna be hilarious. You deserve a merit badge for doing it. Yes. Um, yes. But don't rely on it. Okay, so down to light infantry. And like I was saying before, light infantry are more important than um, than I think they are in Invincible Army. Mm-hmm. So they have a trauma doc machinist. We, they're a doctor and an engineer. Yeah, cheap doctor, cheap engineer. Yeah. Um, there's a couple of the- things to say. We talked about it already. Um, the MO, the MO version is immune to shock, which is relevant for the doctor to pick, your, pick him back up. Uh, AP mines are, of course, great. Um, and then BS-12, somebody mentioned in chat that, like, hey, that helps helps with the gizmo kit, right? Makes it more reliable. Oh, that's... There you go. I hadn't thought of that. Yep. Same oh. same for the medikit, right? On the... Yeah, right. On the like, everyone's using her whip 12. It's like, guess what? BS-12. Yeah, wrong gun. Shot it with a pistol. Whoops. Right. Oh, man. Happens all the time. I, I kind of, like... 
just it would basically do almost nothing to the balance of the game. But I would really love, as like a nod to the meme community, if CB replaced her pistol with a heavy pistol. That'd be like, amazing. It, it wouldn't like change anything, but it, it would just make me really happy. <laughs> I mean, you could also have the same nod by changing her pistol to a stun pistol. Like, okay, you've. You've got this wrong too many times. <laughs> yeah, that that too. <laughs> it does nothing. <laughs> We're uh, taking it away. Yep. Can't have um, this anymore. So yeah, no, they're they're fine. You know, take them when they're handy. It is your only source of engineer. And engineer, you know, that's very relevant when you've got a bunch of heavy infantry. Yes. So yeah, you know, like I'm not I'm not dismissing them because they're not good. I'm dismissing them because everyone knows what they do. Yep. Okay, so order sergeants. They used to have a bunch of profiles. Now they have three, and then the same three with Oxbot. Mm-hmm. Um, combi rifle. So you've got a, a solid BS uh, combi rifle with a heavy flamethrower bot. Like those are cool. Mm-hmm. Or possibly with a heavy flamethrower bot. Um, same thing with the HRL. HRL is dirt cheap at 15 points with a heavy rocket launcher and assault pistol. Uh, and then, of course, the, the hacker at 18 points. The super relevant things here for me are the Oxbot profiles. Yes. You know, I will, I will squeeze in an order sergeant in another link if it lets me take a different link. So I'm going to bring down the price of a uh, hospitaler link, for instance. Sure. Right, you can throw an order sergeant there. But as solo pieces, the I really like both the HRL and the hacker. So the hacker is great because the hacker walks around the corner with their Oxbot. What do you do? And the answer is you you die. Right. If you're heavy infantry or a tag, you're either giving me a free hack or free shots, including a free heavy flamethrower shot. If you dodge, I might just hack you. And it's totally nothing you can do about it. Right. So you're you're eating something when you are facing a, a uh, order sergeant hacker. I mean, it's, it's slightly less good but than a serious hacker, right? But the same general idea. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then the HRL just hit 19 points. That's so cheap. For That's how so well. cheap for an HRL. I mean, like yeah. there are plenty of other HRLs in that price bracket that do not come with Oxbots. Yep. And same, you know, same boat. You walk around the corner and I've got a burst five assault pistol or burst four assault pistol and the heavy flamethrower coming at you. Yeah. I mean, really, I see this as a, as a deployment zone defense because effectively, yep. uh, one of the issues, so like this goes back to the discussion about like Eric earlier, where he over relied on um, Jones. You can go read the battle report. I forget what I called it, but uh, it's I think it's like it's one of the Corregidor ones recently. You can find it, I'm sure. Um, mm-hmm. But he over relied on Jones' um, inspiring leadership uh, coordinated order thing, uh, and so he intentionally did not choose this escort sergeant. But once the Oxbox Oxbot is dead, it's now a legal member of a coordinated order. And that Oxbot's going to be dead probably, oh. right? So really, what it is, it's it's warband defense, and who doesn't want a BS12 heavy rocket launcher for 19 points with an ablative wound? Like that sounds fantastic. Give me that thing. So you can use it to clear stuff out in the midfield. You can cover various firing lanes and other things that you may not, you know, have covered with other stuff. Uh, and then you just have a heavy flamethrower preventing AD troops, warbands, Rambo's. Like anything, and then if you if something comes in and you want to clear it, right? There's like a like a problem you need to get rid of, 
um, in your deployment zone, you've got that assault pistol plus flamethrower combo that Adam was talking about. So I really, really like it. Um, I, I see it more of as a defensive tool, but in a pinch, you can use it to clear something out that's nearby. Yeah, solid, solid zone defense. Yep. And yeah, it is a different role than what they were before, right? They, can, yep. they can't core, they can still hear us. They're just a little bit different. Their mm -hmm. job hasn't been taken. Uh, next up, we have Constantinos. He's one of the he's one of the wild cards in the faction. He's a MSV2 dude. Yep. You can infiltrate or join a link with a combi rifle and an assault pistol and decharges. Um, I'd like him a little bit less this edition because it's mostly because the the midfield templates. Yes. You know, he used to be up there hunting people out of camo. You know, discover shoot you with a beat, You know, hitting on 15s with a assault pistol. Mm -hmm. used to be a lot more relevant but now it's like oh cool i'm going to discover you and it's like well my stray lock is just going to shotgun you because yeah, that's I mean, punching up i think we're we're all still getting used to this and i and one of the downsides yeah. of the current global situation is there's not enough games i mean i suppose you play a lot of tts or something do you feel differently but um yeah i i'm still struggling with the shotgun changes i've i've had to really start thinking about um how i approach dealing with camo in the midfield because uh, mm -hmm, there's just mm -hmm. there could be there's just like a shotgun every under every camo token now, um, so I think we need to start thinking about being uncomfortable and playing in that eight to sixteen range band, so you're outside of template range. Sure. Um, and you're firing. I mean, like get them out of cover. Burst four on BS twelve is still good. It's, yeah. it's not burst yeah. four on BS fifteen, right? But I'll I'll even take burst four on 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 nines if I have to. Fair. Right? Because that's what it's going to end up being against camo. Oh, well, not, not with him specifically, but other other guys, right? Because he's got he's got uh, uh, MSV two. Uh, mimetism yeah. helps, right? So he can he can swing it. He can swing. You can get rid of your camo, and you have to deal with his camo. So I think I think playing around in that uh, uncomfortable zero range band uh, is going to be something that we have to get used to. Because a lot of stuff that I want to use has like, like another great example is the Knight of Santiago uh, combat jump guy, right? I may not want to get that close. Like, what if there's stuff that has EMRATs or EM mines that I get too close, and I, I don't want to be in that plus six range band for the shotgun. I want to shoot at the mm -hmm. zero range band. And stuff in, in Pano has the has the BS to make up for that. Um, you know, and being in a link, when you when you, you know, if you are taking a five man link, throwing him in there, yeah, a a BS fifteen combi rifle with MSV and mimetism. Mm hmm. Well, can, BS, BS can, 12. Well, 12 plus 3 for the 5-man. Yeah, 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 but I mean like... Oh, yeah. oh, sure, 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 sure. In the fire fire team, yeah. Yeah, so I'm just saying like in this 5-man fire team where you can really stack the bonuses on him, um, it really takes advantage of the MSV2 stripping the enemy's bonuses and its own mimetism stacking on top of that. Yeah, yeah. And Clint's right. He he does have a combi still, so, you know, trying to maximize the thing on the assault pistol is, is a bit of a silly exercise. But yeah. as we've discussed before, right... Um, uh, plus one burst is roughly equal to plus three BS, so they're roughly equivalent. Right. Okay, so next we have the, the tech bees. They've changed quite a bit. They no longer buff your machinists like they yeah. used to. Yeah, I mean, sure, it makes them kind of weird. They're like Pano's version of the delegate, but like way worse. <laughs> well, yes, but now they're actually, now they're discount engineers, though. Yes, they are. That does help. Because of the gizmo so, kit. Yep, they have that gizmo kit. 
So they can use that. I believe Gizmo Kit only works on unconscious. Like you can't use it for. Uh, uh, I think you wrong. can. I think you can use it on anything. It's. It doesn't just uh, recover. It can. It can fix status effects. Oh no no no! I, I think. No. Well, I'm, I'm, I was. I was referring to like if you want a Gizmo Kit attack like up one HP. Oh yeah yeah no. Yeah, that's I, more. Yeah, I just mean the. Um, the status effects. Unconscious. I I don't yeah. think it does that. So yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't do that. Um, Clint will correct us immediately if that's not the case. But it's it's still a five point specialist operative. Yeah, it can it, you know, it, you can have it. Really, what it's useful for is it's useful for sitting back and protecting your remotes, like your TR bots, mm -hmm. while your machinist is in a link up the table. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Clint confirms only used to recover strength. Yeah. So it structure, it, structure. it it kind of gives you that flexibility. She's like an extra ox bot who provides an irregular order and a flash balls. Yeah, kind of. And uh, I've been killed by her pistol more times than I care to admit. So <laughs> that's something to think about as well. Yep. Uh, work orders, nothing nothing really new to talk about there. So the yep. crosshairs, these new light infantry, they have pretty limited weapon options. Um, so outside of a combi rifle, you're looking at the multi-use sniper rifle and a Spitfire. Not that mm -hmm. those are bad. Um, you know, we, we are talking about the 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 your best weapons on your least exciting gun platform. <laughs> sure, what, sure. This is kind of what those are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm the 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 Blitz and EM mines. Obviously, a huge fan of. Yeah. I really like the paramedic because there are the fizz of units in the army are often higher than twelve, or at least mm -hmm. the fizz of units that you think are worth spending the orders to bring back. Yes. You lose the you lose the reroll without using a doctor. But you can be in more places at once. You can cover more of the table mm -hmm. by sprinkling in paramedics here and there. Yeah. And you can add a ton to their link. I mean, look at their, look at their special fire team list at the bottom. Yep. Order sergeants can, can join them. Knight commanders yeah. can join them. Black friars can join them. Machinists can join them. It's cheaper. It's cheap enough that you, you would consider taking a full five model core and just using it defensively. And then maybe breaking off a, a three model portion of it and then pushing that off the table. Totally reasonable. Right. It's entirely dependent on your comfort with five, five model links. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think this is a staple. Um, yeah. And this is where I this is where I run a five man with the Knight of Justice. Yeah. And I mean, it's it's they're comparable enough. To, like, is it, players of any other Panos sectorial have access to Fusiliers, basically, or regulars, right? Um, and this basically feels like that. If you want to play a five a five model fusilier core and you felt uh, bummed because you lost that in military orders, um, right? Uh, when the fusiliers went away, um, then like, or like having access to cheap ten point ten point orders, right? You sort of get yeah. that back. Uh, you get a lot more capability by adding three more points, which I think is worth it. Um, and you get that you know cheap line infantry, lower light infantry powered. Uh, core with a with a big guy to do some stuff like like this plus a father sorry, this plus a knight of justice missile launcher is a threat. You yeah. you can't you can't uh, just like leave that out hanging out and and watching you uh, across the across the table right so something yep. to think about. Yep. All right, so that knight commander, so this is the only model that lets you break the fifteen order outside of irregular orders. Um, this is really the only way to get an extra Petrus, order. You mean? Yeah, and Pedro, sorry. Um, and it's that extra lieutenant order. Mm -hmm. 
there are people who like it is the nicest thing I can say about it. Um, there, there are people who play a lot of games who are good at this game who like this. Yes. But yes, right. Tags. Thanks, Lynn. Um, it's not it's not where I would go with my lieutenant. Personally, um, it's fine. I mean, this is I'm, entirely a playstyle thing. Um, you know, if you're taking this, if it forces other list decisions, right? Like you're right. taking some form of NCO, which is absolutely okay. Um, but that, given given the restrictions on fire teams, even though they're quite flexible, um, it does force other considerations, right? Like it's a it's a it's a choice that ripples beyond one unit. Um, yeah. And if that works for you, great. Uh, I don't think it works super well for either of us. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not in the way that um, that it does in IA because of the plethora of NCO choices there that are varied enough for me to want to consider this and feel like I'm not boxing myself into a particular list archetype. Um, but uh, yeah, I think I think this is a this is an absolutely valid choice. Um, and the other benefit is that it he can hide as something else, which is super important. Because uh, right, one so of the things is... that you, you have with uh, IA is uh, if you see a camo token hanging out in a particular spot, you're like, oh, I know what that is. I'm going to go kill that with a chain rifle. Um, but this one, you might not know which one it is. So that helps a little bit. So are you going to say? Yeah, well, I was trying to figure out like what would I would bother disguising it as. Yeah. So it can only join crosshairs. Yeah. So either it's going to be Hiding, you know, hiding is something that can join a crosshair link, which is mm-hmm. quite a few things. You can pretend yep. it's a machinist. I don't know. Um, yeah. Or it's going to be on its own. But as soon as you, as soon as you say you have that second lieutenant order, people are going to start looking for, for the weird thing, thing. The weird thing. Yeah. But I mean, like you could take two crosshairs, right? And then you're just playing. You're just playing the lieutenant shell game again, right? Like yeah. which of these fusiliers? Which of these? Zanchi, which of these, you know, uh, Kaitosu are my lieutenant, right? You don't, you don't know. Yeah, and I guess the, so. The, the flip side of like that extra order for twenty-eight points, you know, so for nineteen points, I could take a Teuton and almost another crosshair, right? Sure. So I could take a lieutenant and almost another regular order. Which then, why do I have the, you know, the the plus one? I mean, I mean, basically, I I think at that point you're sort of saying like, well. If you didn't get to 15, right, and you're getting to 15 with the second lieutenant order, maybe mm-hmm. consider just getting to 15 the, the normal way. Yeah. Right? But if you're pushing past 15, then there's a valid, a valid like, bonus that you're getting here. Yeah. Without yeah. any, like, weird list things. Because then, like, the other benefit is that if you, if you get to 15 without this extra order, um, you can spend that order on anybody, not just the NCO stuff. So there's that. Yeah. Or past ten and uh, one combat group. Sure, but my combat groups aren't usually maxed out. Not um, anymore. Not in four for me either. Yeah, so it's. I mean, it's fine. I'm sure. You know, I, I don't want to say that I'm not trying to poo-poo the unit. I just haven't. It hasn't fit my playstyle well. Yeah, I think it's fine. Um, and then let's see here. So remotes are pretty standard. No changes uh, there, really. Yeah, no changes there. Bullets here duo, which we talked about, is pretty hot with some of those. Peacemakers continue to be amazing. Oh, peacemakers are still like almost auto include. Take pathfinders, right? Sensor is important. Yeah. Um, AVA two on Sierras. Right? That's kind of fun. If you want some help, uh, it's not AVA three available to a lot of Yujing sort of tutorials. Um, Ooh, but, uh, you know, it's fine. Yujing's bad. 
<laughs> Yijing is um, bad in the context of today's today's show. Uh, Bulleteers, again, we said, can duo. Uh, so wild cards can join them. That's relevant. Uh, less powerful than the wild card that Bulleteers get in some other sectorials. But who doesn't want to follow a BS12 ODD Spitfire around? Um, yeah, lots of things. Yep. So uh, Skirmishers, Dart is still amazing. Dart continues to be a boss, yep. She hasn't really changed much. She's still rad. EM grenades, awesome. Mm -hmm. 34 points. I think her points are even the same. Um, yeah, she's great. But really, the big skirmishers here are those Trinitarians. Yeah. Here they are. So cheap. 23 points, that cheapest one. We mentioned earlier, like, they're... It's not like anyone's anyone's all like, oh, man, that, that, that chick with cornrows is why I want to play this army. But they make this, like, they really help this army. They really are a kind of an important backbone to support this army. And every single one of these profiles is is, is usable. Right? Absolutely. I mean, like, I, I think that's true of uh, most things of Infinity, but this is a particularly stellar example. Right? Like, there aren't, there aren't any profiles like, this does, like, I guess what I'm trying to say is that none of these, I, I don't feel like, like, I, I feel like none of these would not slot into my playstyle. Like, all of these are fine for me. Like whereas I'll look at other other units and be like, well, I can see like maybe these three working for me and maybe the other four working for other people, but like all four of these would work for me. Mm -hmm. Oh, quick, uh, quick mention about the EM grenade or is it, yeah, EM grenade dart just being a very good, um, yeah, that profile being a very good anti uh, devil dog profile because of the viral attack bow. Mm -hmm. And also can take out tags on her own too. She needs to. Yeah. Yeah. So EM it, then submachine gun AP it down. So that's all relevant. Yep. 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 Uh, the the MSR Trinitarian, right? So Joel's talking about that. Um, we there was a Bromand Academy mission a couple of months ago about over infiltration. That's a great candidate for it. Um, it's terrible at at making the roll because it's rolling on sevens. But putting right. it even uh, up to the center line is fine, and sometimes there's a really juicy spot where you can want to, you're willing to give it a shot, especially if there's a spot on your table edge where you feel like it's okay to put. Uh, if it fails mm -hmm. that roll, even even it doesn't need to be in cover, right? They're going to be on yeah. neg nines probably because of your to plus yeah plus uh, plus range, right? So like um, let's shoot, you start still in good range and with plus one order. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So. We're thinking about probably wouldn't try to do it every game, but if there's a risk that I'm willing to take and there's a there's a safe exit strategy, would would consider. Uh, and I think putting it on top of a building in the midfield to do sneaky, like pool trick shots with that sniper rifle, uh, is is a uh, is a fun thing to do. Yeah, it's nasty. But yeah, this is a like I said, this isn't the model that people pick up. They're like, I want to do the army because Trinitarians exist. But it, mm -hmm. it's more the it's more the model that like, well, I've picked a, this army because knights exist. Now, what's the tool I need to not get my butt kicked in ITS missions? Right. So yeah, they're killer. They're all good. No complaints. Uh, yeah. So tick belong. On to tags. Yep, we only have the the tick belong of Montessa, which is fine. It doesn't have mines. I'll survive. But it does have an AP HMG, an AP. Damage 16 HMG with BS 16. 15, 15. 15, sorry. Damage 16, BS 15. Yes. Words. Yes. Uh, it's 6 4 with climbing plus. Yep. It, it was gets good. Wherever it, it was good. It gets it's wherever good. it wants. 
I think it's you know I think this is honestly this is the the tough competitor with the uh, Holy Sepulcher Knight. Sure. I feel like this is a little bit more raw offense. You know, it has mm-hmm. the extra wound, um, but it, I like the trickiness of the Montessa Knight. But you know, if you just like to beat phases, like that's what this guy does, right? Moves yeah. wherever it wants to go with the six four inclining plus. It has jungle terrain because you know just in case there's some woods, which are probably the most common. Special terrain that people see on the table. Oh, Clint, raw fence. Oh no, um, it gets uh, you know it gets the extra action from tactical or extra order from tactical awareness. Mm-hmm. It's good. It's great. It's sixty-eight points. It's actually really damn good for how cheap it is. Yes. Yeah, this is solid. Um, kind of, kind of makes the seraph a bit sad. Oh, the Seraph. But the Seraph can hit you with an explosive close combat weapon. Yes, it can. It can do that. That's true. So the Seraph is, I mean, it's still a gorgeous model. It's still pretty damn fast. It's 6-4 super jump, mm-hmm. which is, which is, I mean, when you're moving 6, it's a lot more comparable to climbing plus. So, yeah, 6-4 super jump. The Spitfire is kind of a bummer, and the HMG is kind of a bummer. So neither one of its weapons have armor piercing. Which is, I think, much more relevant in this edition. Yeah, super important. But I mean, damage sixteen is is pretty good. On yep. that, on it that, is, on it is easier to repair, Sorry, which is HMG. Note. Sure, because the Gizmo Kit it's, bonus. Yeah, it's Gizmo Kit thirteen instead of Gizmo Kit eleven. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still only dodge eleven. I mean, I think but. I think you you make the decision between these two based on your meta, right? So if your meta favors. And tables favor super jump over climbing plus, or um, uh-huh. you know, like really, I, at this points bracket, you're starting to look between the, the sepulchre knight, the tick belang, and the seraph. Um, they do more or less the same thing in the sense that they're like big chonkers that beat face. And like, what are you asking them to do? Are you asking them to like move through fire lanes uh, and do so uncontested? Uh, with uh, with the hollow projector, right? Or like they choose wrong and shoot the wrong thing. Uh, are you asking to? Is there's a lot of verticality in your mm-hmm. in your tables and climbing plus is super important. Or and this came up relevant uh, came up in one of my games um, on TTS. Uh, you don't see this often on real like meat space tables because doing this is kind of hard sometimes, like to model this. But like there was a lava field on a TTS map, which is like super easy to make in TTS, right? Just like I skinned it with a lava texture done. Um, And so that's impassable terrain. Like you don't generally see like chasms of impassable terrain in infinity tables. Like they exist, but they're more rare. Um, And that chasm happened to be 10 inches across. So I super jumped McMurrow across it and opened up an entire line of attack that was not expected. Oh no. Um, So doing that with a Seraph is pretty freaking rude. Uh, also, yeah, so the one thing that we haven't talked about is the fact that its Oxbot comes a super jump as well, and then Oxbot is six four, so oh, you can cute. do a lot of pretty ridiculous nonsense. It has uh, a super jumping flamethrower bot. Yeah, right. So, like one of the issues that I feel like Mo has in general, or sorry, Pano has, is that uh, they have problems shooting stuff that they cannot see. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and that, I mean, that, that that's the big thing, right? Like, 
when you start off playing Pano, people leave stuff. Like Two new players arrive at a table. The Pano player wins because the other new player is like, I'm going to leave all my stuff out. I get to shoot on your turn. I'm going to leave all stuff, all my stuff out to area. Pano player is like, great. Bang, 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 bang. All your stuff's dead. But once you start putting stuff prone on roofs, you can't shoot it anymore. But now you can flamethrower it. Right. Prone is OP. Yep. Sincerely, Pano. Yep. So something to think about. Uh, I think that's that's a pretty pretty important distinction uh, that the Oxbot has super jump, because um, it didn't used to, I believe. So that makes the Spitfire yeah. like I would take the Spitfire over the over the heavy machine gun just for that. There's a reason right there. Yeah, no, the Oxbot is a big deal. I just wish that Spitfire had AP. Yeah. All right. So before we go, let's talk quickly about a list that I took against you because I thought it was really weird when I took it. And then I grew to really like the list after I played it, which was the, it was just titled Weird, uh, the the mission that we were playing, I think this, you called it Wackenite. Yep. Yep, so here we go. Uh, so I'm going to break it down, what I took, why I took it. So the mission was looting and sabotaging, mm-hmm. which right away made me want the, the first thing in the list was the Knight of Santiago Killer Hacker era with combat jump and the Trinitarian Ford Observer D-Charges. So this gives me an Airborne Deploy D-Charge and a Hidden Deploy D-Charge to go beat up your AC-2 with. Mm -hmm. A Knight of Justice Lieutenant Spitfire for for big, big chonky punching, and he is backed up with a Crosshair Paramedic and this regular Crosshair with Blitz and the EM Mines. So the Paramedic can bring him back up. He's got high fizz. I think it's like 14. Yep. So pretty darn likely. Um, there's a tech B, which was really mostly just to get me the extra irregular order that I was going to convert over. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a uh, Teutonic Knight light Panzerfaust shotgun or light shotgun Panzerfaust. And the it's just a, you know, that guy is just a heavy infantry pain of the you know, problem solver. It works a lot like a warband, or I can sit back in Panzerfaust things that are moving up the table. In this mission, I use it to defend my AC2 because if you got close enough, dodge into close combat. Yep. Or shotgun me dancing. as I yeah, advance your me. Exactly. Second group has the machinist because I don't like getting hacked, and John has a tendency to do that. Uh, the machinist has a palbot. I took a tickbalang, the APHMG, and this was really mostly because somebody kept telling me it's so much better than the the um, Holy Sepulcher that, oh, you should take the tickbalang. So I did, and it was fine. I enjoyed it. Yep. A Fugazi. Because flashbulb spots are still good. There's my um, there you go. There's my escorts or yeah, my escort sergeant with the HRL and yep. Oxbot, mm-hmm. also defending the box. My peacemaker with heavy shotgun and heavy flamethrower, also defending the box. And then I had three more points, so I threw in a warcore. So overall, so the list came in at only four and a half swick. So I did have extra swick. I probably could have dropped that warcore or the um, or the tech beat to upgrade the trinitarian to a mine layer. Sure. Which might not have been a bad idea. That would have also then telegraphed having Dart, and so you might have approached that uh, approached that path a little bit more cautiously because Dart mm-hmm. is, in the, in our game, Dart could kill McMurrow. Dart can kill McMurrow, yep. So, um, but the big thing is my, my, my big players here are the Knight of Justice, the Knight of Santiago, and obviously the Tickbling. That's mm-hmm. where I kind of planned on spending my orders throughout the turn. Um, 
the tick bling has a ton of orders in its own group it has five regular orders plus its own irregular order mm-hmm. and then i can also convert the workhorse other irregular order give me potentially like seven orders to to go solo with the tick bling the first group is a little bit tighter on orders but i wasn't planning on using everything all at once so like the the goal is like first the knight of justice goes out there and beats some face and then Turn two, I can send in a Trinitarian or Knight of Santiago against your AC two. And then turn three, I can send in whichever one of those didn't, you know, didn't finish the didn't job. Finish the job, yeah. So, pretty happy with the list. You can read the whole battle report on uh, Merc Recon, and it's a pretty recent one, so I think it's still on the front page. I would definitely recommend it if you guys haven't heard enough about military orders in the last three hours. <laughs> so. With that, holy moly, that was a little bit of a marathon. But we're not over yet. We have more prizes to give away. We do. Ah! It's true. All right. So first, let's uh, spin the wheel for Bromat Academy. Yep. So and... thank you to all of our uh, Armored Fury respondents, right? So these are the folks that wrote in with a battle report uh, about high arm units. So we'll go ahead and spin the wheel as you wins the blister or patch their choice. Do, 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 do. Here we go. What's it going to be? Oh, oh. Okay, not a nail biter like, like last time, but congratulations, right. Luke. Uh, I will contact you and let you know which. Uh, so uh, you let me know, rather, what uh, blister you want, or uh, if you want a patch, we can send that to you. Um, and then we've also got um, yes, Lumbering Sprocket Drawing, right? And this is yep. for writing uh, in with a Lumbering Sprocket, oh, sorry, a Heavy Gear. Uh, Blitz tournament system play test, uh, and these two fellows wrote in with, I believe, three each. Yeah, so, thank you. Unfortunately, you don't get more entrance into the Wheel of Names, but uh, there's only two of you, so 50 50 odds. So, let's see who, who gets this one. See the JJ or Phil? Then the Wheels of Names. And it looks like it's Phil. So, congratulations, congratulations to Phil. Phil. Yep, uh, you'll be getting 25 instead of just five uh, DP9 store credit points. And I'll make sure that um, Robert knows all of that. And we'll get you those points added to your account soon. Whew. <laughs> well, you've wasted another perfectly good evening listening to Late Night War Games. All right, John, talk us out. All right. So just a reminder that if you want to reach us, you can do so at mailbag at latenightwargames.com. Questions, comments, fan mail, anything to massage Adam's ego, you can send it there. Um, we've got a Bromine Academy mission. We've got a couple of them going on. We've got painting. Convert something up. Paint it up by the end of September. Send it in. We will talk about it on stream like we did tonight. Uh, if so, that's the thing you can do. Um, we've also got a mission on limited insertion, right? So if you want to try a 10-order military orders list and have 20 wounds on the table or more, if you have brought a tag, give it a go. Um, let us know how it went. We'd love to hear about it, right? So if you want to try it out, um, following Grizzly Troll's uh, thought experiment, uh, give that a shot. We've got Lumbering Sprocket going on as well, so please help us test those missions. Um, I'll be releasing the battle report for Eye of the Storm soon and include a link to those rules as well if you want to try that too, just for fun. Um, yeah, let's see what else. You can find us here on Twitch at 8.30 p.m. Pacific, right? We've got shows on Monday at 8.30 p.m. about... Uh, Sculpting, The Joy of Greenstuff with Obadiah Hampton. Uh, we've also got shows on the weekend, usually on Sundays at 10 um, a.m., not p.m., a.m. Yeah. 
uh, and that's Tabletop Throwdown with Clint and Tim, and they will live commentate Infinity TTS games. So if you want to get uh, some high-level players' feedback on like what's going on, uh, also if high, high level or players of all skill levels um, will, will have been featured. So you check out the, the YouTube backlog if you want to get a feel for what that looks like. Um, we upload the audio of this Twitch video cast streaming thing to Same. yeah to to all of your favorite podcast apps. So we we've know we know that uh, some folks are like, well, I would love to listen to you in your car, and you can you you can uh, you've been able to since the beginning of the show, uh, but that I guess wasn't well publicized. So uh, go to latenightwargames.com if you want the link to that. Um, See what else. If you want to support us and become a late night wargamer yourself, you can do so on Patreon. Uh, doing so helps us get cool stuff like microphones, lights, um, helps us with prize support as well, uh, and growing the show. We've got some some additional things coming down the pipe, which we hope to share with you soon. Um, there are a few Rose City Raid tickets left. Just a couple. Yes, Just okay. a couple. Yep. So if you're on the fence, uh, hop off the fence and and pick one up. It's going to be a great time. Um, come join us in lovely Sherwood, Oregon on a vineyard. Here's what I'll say. We're yeah. also looking for an official ringer. Yes. So this is somebody who uh, gets free entry with a 50-50 shot that they'll be playing in the event. Um, so yep. the ticket the ticket is free. You get all the swag. You get, entered, you get to enter the raffles. Whether you play or not, like 100%, you get to be there, and you also get to hang out if, even if you're not playing. Yep. Um, so, but, so if yeah, if, if paying for the ticket is a little steep, then we have a solution for basically the first person to claim it. Yep. So basically that boils down to either play games and uh, get a free ticket in or get a free ticket to get prizes and hang out with us and drink beer. Yep. And the, the our, our ringer, I think two years ago, won the prize from uh, Muse on Minis, which is a full table of pre-painted terrain. Yep. So like they didn't pay for a ticket, they walked out with a three hundred dollar prize. So we we like to reward the people that are willing to fly standby, so that one of us doesn't have to to play. Yeah, it actually <laughs> is a fair amount of work to 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 a forty person tournament, and having two of us available and not one of us playing the whole time really helps. So that's the thing. Um, what else? Next episode. Uh, Oh, yeah, next episode, we're thinking of covering uh, Dystopian Wars, and we have a interview about Aaron and Melanie's first tournament experience uh, down in California, and uh, we'll, we'll be airing that uh, next episode as well. So we're trying out this new thing where we pre-record some content and playing it during the show. Adam and I will still be here while the video is running, chatting with you on Twitch, uh, so we can mm -hmm. answer any questions you might have about the interview. Uh, we're doing this primarily to uh, be able to do time zones, uh, like uncomfortable time zone interviews, right? So like people in Australia or uh, in like the European time zones and stuff like that. Um, we know like, for example, um, Greg from South Africa got up super early to hang out with us one night. We really appreciate that. But now we can do it at a time that's more convenient for our, our European and South African guests and so on and so forth. Yep. So I think be the really folks cool. over at Moonstone want to come on, but the, yeah. the time just doesn't work. Like it's at 4 right. a.m. for them. Yeah. Um, Exactly. Same thing with uh, Wayland Games, or not Wayland Games, uh, War Cradle Games. Yep. So it gives us the opportunity to to branch out. Yeah, bring you guys some more content and still do the live show and hang out with you guys while all it's happening. Excellent. So, of course, we'd like to give uh, special thanks to all of the late-night wargamers over on Patreon, our sponsors, DreamPod 9, Mythic Games, Corvus Belly, War Cradle Studio, Board and Brew, and Brutal Cities. 
Horton Broom Brutal Cities back to back is a hard one to say. We should change that. <laughs> All right. I will I will I will shift them around in the document right now live. Oh geez. On air. We'll uh, do it live. So be sure to catch us live on Facebook, YouTube, and anyway, anywhere that you get your podcasts. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to give us a five star rating on iTunes. Follow us on Twitch and YouTube, and all of this will help us bring you the best content that we possibly can. And hopefully shorter episodes in the near future. Probably not next episode. <laughs> that interview ran long. But it's oh, a great yeah. one. It was all right. Though. Well, Good with night. that, thank you all for hanging out with us, and we'll see you next week. Take care. Uh, 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 uh. Won't you play games with me? And I like to do everyone. That's what I like to do. That's what I like to do. That's what I really like to do. That's what I really like to do.